Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A lot of folks that are listeners um, really knew a lot about Bob and, and his wisdom and so forth. But uh, I appreciate uh, chatting with both of you. All right, Thank Rob. You, Rob. Thank you. Look forward to talking to you again. That's Rob West from he's senior financial strategist from RME Advisors. Um, I'm Alfred Adisk here with Melody Cedarstrom on financial survival. We'll be back on Monday. Have a good weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks for listening. In the meantime, the good Lord bless you, me, Melody, Frank, the producer, and Rob West. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All night I work all day to pay the bills I have to pay. Ain't it sad? Still there never seems to be a single penny left for me. That's too bad. In my dream, I have a friend. If I got me a wealthy man, I wouldn't have to work at all. I'd fool around and have a Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now.
Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971 when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific.
All right, good afternoon all. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is November 23rd, 2015. It's Monday. And it's about eight minutes after noon Pacific time. If that's all true where you're at, we are in fact live. You can participate in the show. 800 932 1980 800-932-1980 you can also go to the chat room located at theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com if you want to contact me directly you can do so using yahoo instant messenger my screen name is abrn Talk. All right, that just about covers it. And uh, I don't know. I, I'm seeing this headline here about Oklahoma seems to be getting a lot of uh, earthquakes. You know, I read these things and I see <laughs> a lot of these places where they're having all these. You know, like 5,000 quakes in Oklahoma. Well, wait a minute. How did that happen? Oklahoma, my whole life, has not been an earthquake capital. Maybe tornadoes roll through Oklahoma, but not so much earthquakes. What's going on? 5,000 earthquakes? Well, what do they have going on in Oklahoma? Oh, yeah, that's right. Fracking. Oh, but that's just perfectly safe, and if you're against it, you're just a communist and anti-capitalism and some kind of environmental nut. Well, that's not exactly true, folks. You know, and just because you don't want to destroy your living environment for someone else's profit doesn't make you a communist. You know, do you understand what fracking is? I don't think a lot of people who spout off about how it's such a wonderful economic boost to America and creates American jobs, and if you're against it, you're just a communist. You know what it is? It's crashing through the mantle. Yeah, busting up the rocks in the mantle, you know, that make up the mantle. That, well, is the mantle. Not only that, you know, because most people have focused on the the nasty, poisonous, radioactive, yeah, that's right, radioactive fluid that these frackers use to push the oil out. You know, that, wow, that's contaminating the groundwater. Gee, that's going to leach up into the soil. Golly, if you plant any crops on top of that, they're going to start sucking up that poison into their roots and either pass it on to us to eat, or they're just going to die and never grow. Which, by the way, that's bad for farmers. Yeah, when stuff doesn't grow and it just dies in the field, that's bad. 
Oh, it's bad for you, too, because, you see, nobody cares about farmers or anybody else except themselves. So when you go to the store, your food's going to cost a whole lot more if that happens. And, yes, yeah, something has to fill the void. Somebody in the uh, room says, well, doesn't something have to fill the void when they pump it out, out the oil? Sure. Do you really want it to be poisonous radioactive waste? You think that's a good idea? Man, you know. And the one part that nobody really has talked about too much. I mean, well, there are people out there that do. I mean, you can read websites about it. But is it a coincidence, do you think, that, gee, in a place that didn't have earthquakes before, now they're having 5,000 earthquakes. And what has changed? Fracking has changed. What else? Oh, are we going to blame it on global warming? Are we going to be told now that... uh? Not only does carbon dioxide cause global warming, uh, global warming causes earthquakes. <laughs> I mean, we've had people tell us that global warming causes wars. Oh, yeah, this refugee problem? Yeah, global warming. No, there's nutcases out there that are telling you that. Global warming is the reason, or one of the reasons... But they, they always mix it on in there. Anyway, it sounds like we've got a caller, so go ahead, caller. Hello? Yeah, go ahead, caller. One moment. Oh, okay. A young question. Um, the Fed Reserve is having an emergency meeting today. Who is? Um, the Fed Reserve is having an emergency meeting today. Oh, okay. Well, and then, uh, emergency meeting, yeah. And, uh, do you think that they might raise the rates or go into negative rates? Do I and, think? Do I think, or are they, yeah. are they actually saying? I don't know. They're getting an emergency meeting today because it's supposed to be in December, but they, I think they're making it today. So I was wondering if maybe they going to make the negative rates or positive rates. Well, what do you think is going to happen if they do either one? Gold and silver might go up. <laughs> well, that's true. I mean, that that's certainly true. Uh, but what do you think is going to happen in the overall economy if they do either one? Mm-hmm. You think going to start going down? Well, the stock market you know, fall. Their theory is that why they keep talking about raising the rates is because they keep saying that the economy is getting better and we're in a recovery. And, uh, well, you know, seeing as how there's a recovery, now we can raise interest rates to cool down the hot economy. Uh, are you where, where you live? Are you experiencing a recovery? Um. No. <laughs> no, me, me, me either. Where are you? Where are you calling from? Um, Maui. Maui. Okay. Yeah. 
Well, you're not having a recovery there, and I'm not having a recovery here in Oregon. Um, you know, from what I read, there's not a recovery going on anywhere. There's high unemployment. Uh, there's infla- There's high inflation on everything except the things they count in their inflation numbers. You notice that? Everything has gone up in price except the things they have on their list to count as the un- as the uh, inflation rate. I know the food in Hawaii. Yeah. Yeah, here too. Here too, not just... And, the, and the, my medical insurance going up next year. Hmm. Yep. Yeah, everything's going up. And, uh, you know, they're saying that, well... Because we're having such a wonderful recovery, we can raise the rates. Well, there is no recovery, so if you raise the rates when there is no recovery, what you're going to do is instead of cooling down a hot economy, you're basically throwing a bucket of water on a on a you know on a little um, you know uh, campfire that is barely started, and you're just going to kill it. Um. And negative interest rates really aren't any better because now anybody in the country who is saving money is going to start losing money. The, I mean, it might not seem like a whole lot to, you know, somebody. Maybe you got you know, like a few thousand bucks in your, you know, savings account. And now, instead of being paid interest, you're going to be paying a fee every month instead of that mm-hmm. interest payment. That's what negative interest payments come out to be, is that... Your money that you're saving in the bank, you're going to start getting, instead of, you know, 1% or whatever they're paying, you're going to be getting a bill saying, well, you owe us a quarter of a percent. You know, and that doesn't seem like much if you got a couple thousand bucks in the bank, but if you take everybody in the whole country and you go, okay, how much money is in savings in this country? And then you take a quarter of a percent of it and just disappear it because that's what it is it's just they're just stealing it mm-hmm. you know so how's that going to do and and you know to be fair their theory about negative interest rates is they figure that if they start stealing your money out of your savings account that you will go out and spend it rather than have it stolen uh-huh. and that is the design is you know, to boost the economy and get everybody out there shopping and buying and, you know, well, spending the money before the government steals. Mm-hmm. Either way is a very bad plan. And, you know, and, and obviously to just stay where it is is no plan at all. So I don't know what the Fed, the Fed as far as I can see, the Fed has a real problem. And I don't see. I think they've run out of tools to fix it. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and then so if the economy goes down and the stock market goes down, um, now I just heard that they're going to put in to start the Myra accounts. So I think they're going to, like, you put your money into the Myra accounts now. I think last week they just was going to launch it. The Myra That's account, my- the one that yeah. the, go- the government makes, the government it's like if the stock market going down, like last week, I think they was mentioning that they're going to launch them and the guys who don't get out of the stock market, they're going to put them into the, the Myra's. And then that's a special form of IRA that the government makes. Oh, okay. Well, 
I don't know. It's been my experience that if I'm going to have anybody manage anything for me, it won't be the government. Yeah, so that seems they so seem to do the worst job ever. I mean, we can look at Social Security and say, well, gosh, uh, you know, you're always crying about running out of money, and the idea was to collect this money, invest it wisely, make it grow so there's enough to, uh, you know, take care of the future, and they haven't done that. But, you know, people out there in, with their, you know, individual retirements have been able to do it, but the government can't seem to do it, so... Uh, I don't know. I don't think, <laughs> you know, uh, as far as I'm concerned, if there's a question, the the government is very rarely the answer. Yeah, and they, they might account, I think, they invest in government bonds, so <laughs> that's not pretty Well, that's great, seeing as how nobody else will buy them, oh, well, except yeah. the Federal Reserve. Do you know that's who's been buying all the government bonds in the last few years, actually? Because the last time, if you'll remember back, I think it was a year, a year, maybe two years ago, the Fed had one of their bond auctions, they call it, and nobody was buying their bonds. So they had to, they had to close the auction rather than be embarrassed because nobody would buy their bonds. Because, you know, these bond buyers realized that you know, the whole idea of a bond is that I'm going to pay 100 bucks for this bond, and in 10 years or 5 years or whatever the term is, I'm going to get 200 bucks. But, you know, people realize that the United States government is bankrupt. Yeah. <laughs> They don't have any means to, to, to make good on those bonds except to print more money, which isn't really paying you. Because if you, if you just print more money because somebody wants it, you're creating, well, we call it inflation, but really it, it is deflating the value of each one of those dollars. So, yeah, you, you spend 100 bucks on a bond, and they give you 200 bucks back. But those two hundred bucks only buy what ninety dollars used to buy. You just lost ten dollars in buying power. This is what goes on with these bonds. That's why nobody wants any part of it. Uh, maybe that's why they're making this Myra thing. Yeah, create a device for somebody to buy bonds. You know they're doing basically the same thing with uh, the housing market. Again, I was reading last week that uh, they're basically. Freddie Mac and uh, Fannie Mae are going to start basically going back to liar loans. <laughs> oh, no. Yep, got to move them houses, got to write that paper. Yeah, they're giving uh, away loans when in Hawaii when I was there, and people that really can't afford it was getting loans, and then they lost, plenty of people lost their houses. Their yeah. Homes, yeah. Well, and the whole thing, you know, on its face, it seems insane, and people ask, well, how can this be a good plan, you know, for these mortgage companies and these banks? I mean, if you know these people are going to default on the loan, and they do, uh, how can that be good for you? I mean, here you are selling a house, you expect to get this money, and you never get it, and now you're stuck with the house. That's what it seems like on the face. But actually, what these people have done is they've taken a $100,000 note, let's just say $100,000, 
and they've signed their name to it, and they've created $100,000 in debt, which the bank then takes that $100,000 in debt and puts it in their asset column. Because in this crazy system, debts are assets. So they're a Federal Reserve fractional banking bank, and what they do with that $100,000 is now they proceed to start loaning out $900,000 on it. So you can see how this creates a lot of capital for the banks. And they don't care if you lose your house. The paper's still out there. They bundle up these mortgages, you know, and that was part of the MERS scandal, is that nobody can produce an actual mortgage or a note, because what they've done is they've chopped it up into little pieces. They've taken, you know, your $100,000 note and bundled it with, uh, you know, 50 others and sold it at a discount. Now, nobody knows where they're at, and nobody knows who owns what, and the paper's just floating around out there, and that's what they've done. They've just created a lot of commercial paper that they consider assets that they can operate with. This is why they don't care if people lose their houses. It seems like bad business, but it's actually good business. It's also the same reason why they're encouraging all the illegal aliens, both from Syria and Mexico, to come to the United States. Everybody thinks, well, gosh, this is a bad plan. This is going to cost money. This is going to be, you know, a problem for the economy. You know, it's going to be bad. Well... They're looking at it saying, yeah, but you know what? When these guys come in here, we're going to give them credit cards. We're going to write them mortgages. We're going to create all this commercial paper, and it's going to prop up our banks. Because, you see, a Ponzi scheme, one thing about a Ponzi scheme, you always got to have new people. Because <laughs> if you run out of people in a Ponzi scam, it fails. This is why they're illegal. Well, illegal for everybody except the government. <laughs> and then, um, if the markets go down because they raise the rates, um, um, I hear that the paper markets and gold, I mean, silver is 300 to 1. Yep. The contracts, well, if that comes slamming down, then gold and silver might start going up, you think? <laughs> well it's going to create a real problem for the people that are holding that gold paper who want to redeem it for physical gold because it just isn't there. And, you know, I did the math on this, and uh, it's some crazy amount, like $300,000 an ounce or something, in order to fulfill all the contracts of paper gold. If, If every one of them was going to say, I want my gold, Gold would have no, no. to be... Yeah, gold 300, would have to, 300 to 1 or something like that. Yeah. It, it's some crazy amount of money, like 30000 or $300,000 an ounce it would have to go to. And I don't think it's going to do that. I mean, that's... that's that's. I don't know what they're going to do. But uh, I guess just hope everybody doesn't want gold for their paper. You know, and most people won't because... They don't know any better. Mm. So, it's a mess. It's certainly, uh, we have serious economic problems that, uh, what do you think the solution is? What? How could they fix it? I don't know. That's why I'm calling you. 
<laughs> well, yeah, I, uh, hey, and you know what? I, I, I don't think they can fix it. That's my thought. Mm-hmm. I, I really don't. I don't think they can fix it. You know how I think they're going to fix it? I think they're going to mm-hmm. crash it. I think they're going to crash oh. it, burn it to the ground, blame it on something else, get us distracted with either a war or some natural disaster that they create. Yeah, that's what I think. Some kind of war or something going to happen or some other night area and something going to happen and they're gonna, not, so they don't get blamed for something. That's right, yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of like, you know, and it's really not, you don't have to be very smart to figure that out because they've done it over and over and over again. They keep doing the same thing, you know, except I think this is going to be a little bigger scale than uh, what we're used to, you know, because this is huge because it's not just the United States economy. It's the whole world now. It's all connected and it's all fiat money. Okay. So, it, it's going to be a mess. You did not hear? You didn't hear? I think today supposed to have an emergency meeting, the Fed, no? You didn't hear about it? I'm looking up here. Uh, I thought I heard, and then uh, I heard like last week they were going to introduce the Myra account, so you look up that too when you look at research. Uh, let's see, this is what I've got here. It is a, It is anticipated that the closed meeting of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System at 11.30 a.m. on Monday, November 23, 2015, which is today, will be held under expedited procedures as set forth in Section 26LB.7 uh, of the Board's rules regarding public observation of meetings at the Board's offices at 20th Street and C Streets, Northwest Washington, D.C., the following yeah, items of, of official board business are tentatively scheduled to be considered at that meeting. The, what they're considering, they say here, is review and determination by the Board of Governors of the advance and discount rates to be charged by the Federal Reserve Bank. So, yeah, you, you basically got it. I mean, they're having an expedite, a meeting under expedited procedures, which is closed to the public, and they're going to discuss... Lowering or raising rates. Yeah, because it's supposed to be on December 12th, and they made it like in some kind of emergency meeting, so that's kind of fishy. <laughs> well, it is. And, uh, everything they do, everything they do, though, is kind of fishy, actually. <laughs> you, know, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, these guys are incredibly uh, criminal. And but then, like, I look up the Myra account, too. I think last week they introduced it. I don't know, Zero Hedge came out with it or something. Okay. But, yeah, I think they want to come out with that. Try to look that up. I don't know if it was Zero Hedge. I forgot what it was, but I think last week they were, think they were going to start putting it online. So. All right. Well, hey, thanks for calling in, but we are at break time now. Okay. So I got to okay, take a break. Okay, look at the Myra. I'm going to hang up and, and look at the Myra. I will, and thanks for calling in. Okay, you're welcome. All righty. All right, folks, we're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a few.
prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net www.lamarzuli.net These are the Days of Chaos. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water.
we're back. This is the Frank Report. I'm your host, Francis Steffen. You're listening right here on American Voice Radio Network. It is still November 23rd, 2015. It's Mondays, about 1241 out here on the Pacific Coast. If that's what in, when it is where you're at, we are, in fact, live. Call in 800-932-1980. See how easy that is. We had a caller in the first half. You can also participate in the chat room. Go to theamericanvoice.com or americanvoiceradio.com. You'll see the chat link. Click it. Go on in there. Or you can contact me directly through Yahoo Instant Messenger. My screen name is A-V-R-N Talk. Now, somebody in the chat room had mentioned that my sound, my voice, sounded a little muffled. Uh... I made a little adjustment. Hopefully that, uh, you know, will fix it at least to some. Because I am not back to the normal broadcasting microphone just yet. It appears that uh, the phantom power in my board, which powers the mic, isn't working. Uh, which means I have to get another one, uh, not another board, because that's $400 and it's just not happening, uh, but a phantom power supply. Uh, they're like 20 bucks, so, you know, I'm going to have to get one of those and put my run my mic through that rather than uh, use the power supply on the board. But until then, I am using Skype, so the sound is not... Uh, I haven't worked with Skype with my my own sound very much, so it's kind of a uh, shot in the dark sort of thing. Anyway, that's why that's the way it is, if it is the way it is. Like I said, I did make a little adjustment. I don't know if that made the sound less mushy or muffled or whatever it was. Uh, But I'm doing the best I can with what I got for right now. It's one of those situations where this is definitely plan B. Uh, It's not the first choice, but, you know, it's the best choice I have right now. Anyhow. Okay. I guess I should let you know that, you know, you guys can... uh, Eh, never mind. Let's just get on with more stuff here. Okay, so Hillary Clinton is running for president. Hillary Clinton is under investigation by the FBI, the Congress. You know, she clearly broke the law. Everybody involved with it that has any kind of legal background whatsoever recognizes, no, she broke the law. Now, they deny it. They, oh, no, 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 no. I I was able. There's a provision that we are allowed to use. Yes, and that's true. There is. But she did not fulfill the requirements that allow you that. Here's the thing, folks, just so you understand. Because, you know, I keep seeing this from the, the media. Well, what's the big deal? Wasn't it really she didn't really break any laws. Yeah, you really she really did break laws. Man, they want to lock 
you know, Snowden under the jail for leaking classified documents. But Hillary Clinton's throwing classified documents on an unsecured private server in her bathroom. But you would think, well, okay, that's bad. But, yeah, it's even worse because there are rules. They actually have rules. You know, the government's good at rules, and they got rules about using emails when you're at the State Department. Okay? All right, I guess I'm going to have to mention this because people don't seem to get it. The chat room, you know, we don't really have very many rules. I guess no cussing or anything. But one of the rules that is not, okay, and let me make this clear. This is not exclusive to American Voice Radio Network. The chat room is not a forum to promote other radio shows or other radio networks. I know, that's real hard to believe because we're all in this together, aren't we? No, we're not all in this together, okay? I, I you know, do you get to, <clears throat> do you go, do you really go and get food at Burger King? A nice big bag of Burger King food and then go eat it at the McDonald's because you like McDonald's better? You know, the decorum. You like the walls. You like the color. You like the people. So you go shop at Burger King with your big bag of Burger King food and plop down at the McDonald's and eat it. Do they let you do that? No, they don't let you do that. Nobody lets you do that anywhere. Anyway, that isn't all, though, with Hillary, see, because, like I said, they've got rules. They say, listen, you can use a private server if no State Department server is operating, meaning you got to send some emails. you got business to do. This is State Department important stuff, and it's got to get to where it's got to go, and the servers at the State Department are unavailable then you can use a private email server. But when the servers at the State Department become available again, you have to deliver all that data to the database of the State Department servers so they can have it. Hillary Clinton didn't do any of that. The State Department servers were available to her at all times. She chose not to use them. She chose to set up her own private servers and use them. She did not provide the information and data to the State Department until it was subpoenaed. And then she decided she was going to go through it and only give what she decided to give. That's a crime, folks. Now, I don't know if you knew about this, but the Clinton Foundation has a Columbia-based investment company. A private equity fund is what they were calling it. However, guess what? That private equity fund was not registered as a private equity fund in the country meaning Colombia. 
which may have allowed it to avoid certain industry regulations and oversight from the Colombian government. So the Clintons don't just commit criminal acts here in the United States. They go all over the world. Now, Colombia, let's see. Why would the Clintons be involved in Colombia? Let's go back and talk about Mena, Arkansas, and the Clinton-Bush drug cartel. Where do you think they were getting all that cocaine? Now, certainly Colombia is not the only place in South America that grows coca, but they were the biggest supplier. They had the biggest cartels. They had the biggest distribution network. They were the ones supplying the Clintons and Bushes. Now, Clinton has a private equity fund in Colombia that isn't registered with the state. Hmm, why is that? Well, they, uh, let's see here. Uh, I'm trying to scroll down here. Oh, by the way, if you go online and try to look for, you know, this private equity funds website that was up last week, it's not there anymore. It's gone. They've taken it down. Ooh, the light of day is making their little website go away now. Isn't that funny? But they're not doing anything wrong, right? The website was registered to Monica Kellner, a Clinton Foundation official. Now, um, the the name of this thing is Fondo Excesso, right? One of their managers, Caroline Botero, who is also the chief financial officer at the Clinton Glustra Enterprise Partnership called the firm a private equity fund in a presentation to the Cartagena Chamber of Commerce uh, Commerce in July 2012. Now let's see here. Hernando Padilla He's the top, uh, he works at a top Colombian law firm. He said it would be unusual in Colombia for a company to identify itself as a private equity fund when it was actually a simplified stock corporation. He said a company might do this to avoid government regulations and oversight of the private equity industry. Quote, They don't want to be under the surveillance and regulation of the superintendency of finance, he said. That's the reason. My, my, my. And guess what? A spokesperson for the Clinton Foundation directed inquiries about Fondo Accesso's website and private equity status to the Clinton-Glustra Enterprise Partnership, who has not responded or given comment. Yeah, well, that's nice. That's really good. So we have ongoing crimes. See, they don't stop, folks. It's not that Hillary Clinton made a mistake and, oh, it turned out to be criminal and, oh, we got to let her slide because she didn't really mean it and it's just an accident and an oversight and all these other things. No, it isn't. This is a pattern for this woman, folks. She is a stone-cold criminal. And she's got 40 years of criminal enterprise to prove it. 
I'm disgusted that Americans are actually considering this woman as president or anything other than prisoner. It's just, are you kidding me? All right, well, anyway. So, we have more criminal activity from the Clintons ongoing, happening right now. Another Clinton scandal. One after another, after another, after another. You know, it's really... Okay, so, we have all these false flags, right? There's evidence. Not proof. I wouldn't say proof. And, I again... Just because people die doesn't mean it's not a false flag. Just because people die doesn't mean it's not staged. Remember that. See, because you're thinking about non-psychopath people who, if they were going to stage an event, they make it so, okay, look, you know, no animals were hurt in the making of this uh, commercial, right? You've seen those little disclaimers, right, where it's re- very important to let everybody know that, oh, yes, it looked like violent, nasty, horrible things were being done to an animal, but they really weren't. No animal was hurt in this, you know, whatever. I guess people, not it's not that important, okay? Yeah, these people were all killed. It doesn't matter, so what? It was important because, you know, it's only 150 people, and we have a really big agenda. So, you know, these 150 people are heroes. They're heroes to the New World Order because, see, they died to promote our agenda, whether they knew it or not. So, you know, they may kill people because they don't care. They don't care. They're not going to go to the trouble of paying off witnesses and all this other stuff if they don't have to, they'll just kill you. That doesn't mean it's not staged. It doesn't mean it's not a false flag. And there is a lot of evidence that this last thing in Paris was exactly that, a staged false flag. I'm sorry, when actors from the Boston bombing, Sandy Hoax, When they start showing up in Paris, I have questions. When there's reports, eyewitness reports saying that the uh, the attackers were white guys, I have questions. Of course, those first reports all get washed away. It's ISIS, it's ISIS, it's ISIS, it's ISIS. I mean... Really, in your right mind, would you think if you were ISIS, okay? So here you are. Things were going along pretty well and all nice and all that because the United States was dropping you weapons, dropping you ammo, dropping you food, you know, delivering pickup trucks to you, you know, the whole nine yards, man. And, and uh, you know, things are going good. And then... Oh, bummer. Here comes the Russian Air Force and bombs you into the Stone Age. Do you think a good response is to go attack, like, 
I don't know, France or somebody else. You know why they did France? Why not Russia? How come they didn't attack Moscow? Moscow's the one bombing them into the ground. It's not France. France has been supporting their activity. France has been giving them money and arms. And, uh, you know, France has been acting like France. Why would you attack France? Wouldn't you attack the people that are attacking you? I mean, isn't that what you do? When somebody's attacking you? Okay? When somebody's attacking you, do you... Oh, well, Joe attacked me over there, so I'm going to go beat up Harry over here. Or do you go after Joe? Huh? Well, it doesn't make much sense. Unless, of course... Here's here's a narrative. Now, I don't know if this is... Hey, you know, this is just something I thought of. I am not passing this off to you as here's exactly what's going on. This is simply something to think about as a possibility. All right? What if you're ISIS, your buddies France and the United States have been supporting you and covering for you and acting like, oh, yeah, that dirty, rotten ISIS, boy, they're really out of control. We got to do something about ISIS. Oh, I know. Let's secretly drop them arms and weapons and food and supplies. And, and you know, uh, yeah, uh-huh, okay. So here comes Russia, bombs you to the ground, is just wiping you out because they're for real coming after you. So you go and attack France. Hmm. What could be a possible reason for that? Well, maybe you want to create a situation where, oh my, your allies are really mad now. That's it. And they're going to stand up and say, listen, Russia, thanks for your help, but we'll take it from here because we're really mad now. They attacked our people, our women, our children. Oh, it's horrible. We, we're going to do something about this, so thanks for your help. You know, we don't need any more help from you now to stop the Russian bombing. You get it? They are desperate. What's going to happen when the Russian soldiers hit the ground and start capturing some of these white guys that are in ISIS with German and French and American accents? Huh? What are they going to do then? Are they going to wheel them up in front of the camera and say, here's ISIS? Yeah, they don't look Arab, do they? They don't sound Arab, do they? Huh, I wonder why. Yeah. Anyway, how far is the United States willing to go? Pretty far. Because now they're, they're claiming Russian air attacks as their own. <laughs> yeah, they're just saying, look at what we did. But it's actually Russian bombers doing it. And the United States is just claiming they did it. That's pretty sad. But sad but true. We gotta go. I'll be back again later tonight. Two hours. Coming up next to Financial Survival. We got a full day at night. Heard it through the grapevine. I knew never don't like my big red barn. 
47 Ford bullet holes and the door broke down motor in the front yard. <laughs> I gotta have a mind to paint a plywood sign and nail it up on a knotted pine tree. Saying I was here first, this is my piece of dirt and your rambling don't ride me. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Melody Cedarstrom, and you're listening to Financial Survival. I'm here with my co-host, Alfred Addis, to bring you our opinion and commentary on today's economic and political events. And today is Monday, November 23rd, 2015. Good afternoon, Al. Hello, Melody. There's been uh, some pressure on gold today. Um, certainly the commodities were once again weaker for the day. Go ahead and bring up the numbers here. You have gold down 890. Currently in the aftermarket on the New York spot at 1,069. You have silver down 81421. Had a big dip earlier in the day on silver 1384. Uh, came back uh, 10 cents higher, but is settling around the 1421 level. Platinum down 10 at 848. And you have palladium down almost again, once again, 4%. Uh, down 22 at $543. The USDX today, I 
hadn't had a chance to follow the paper markets today, but it doesn't surprise me that it's stronger. Uh, 0.19 at 99.80. Crude oil uh, down 0.03 at 41.87. And the paper markets today, there was some pressure on it. Nothing significant. The Dow is down 40, uh, 30 points, 17,792. The NASDAQ was down 2 at 5,102. Basically no change also on the S&P at 2,086. 10-year yield, 2.25. That's been holding steady at that level for a while, along with the euro at 106 today. Um, well, the foreign market's pretty much unchanged overnight. Mm. That's about it. Uh, there were some reports today. Um, let me see if I can bring them up here. Maybe I can and maybe I can't. Uh, I've got so much. Well, fooey. How's that for? Fooey? How's that for a radio? F U E Y. Fooey. Or is it F O O Y? Oh, fooey. P-H. I'm trying to find out. P-H. All right, then it's not a four-letter word. No. Can't be saying four-letter words on radio, Melody. No, it's not. It's fooey. It's fooey. <laughs> anyway, there's a big um, uh, merger. You have Pfizer and Allergen. They're, they're going to be the, they're going to create the world's biggest drug maker. And you have two of the biggest Democrats uh, bashing the plans. You have uh, Hillary and Bernie that are in there saying that uh, uh, this shouldn't be allowed to go through. It's a $160 billion deal uh, that will create this largest drug mealer, uh, dealer. Uh, but the merger is uh, so-called inversion in which U.S. companies look to lower their tax bills. They combine with a company in a country with a lower tax rate. And uh, so it saves the U.S. company millions in taxes. And uh, they've done this. There's been 27 acquisitions involving in an inversion with a U.S. company since uh, 2011. Um, those deals total more than $420 billion in value and about $344 billion in deals being proposed since the start of 2014. And there's a list of them, uh, probably the most. Uh, you have Burger King. Um, they bought uh, Tim Horton. And uh, you have other ones that have done the same thing. So, gee, I wonder if I marry someone that lives in another country, would I be able to have a marriage inversion? Is that, do you think that's possible, Al? So I don't have to pay taxes? I think you might be able to get an inverted divorce. <laughs> Perhaps. They're always, they're very, they don't, they don't care for the marriages that much, but they're much in favor of the divorces, so... Uh, U.S. home sales fell 3.4%, so you have fewer Americans buying homes. And um, supposedly with the uh, uh, prior buying uh, that has been going on in the year, uh, the home values are rising. So they're blaming it on rising home values that there has been fewer Americans buying homes. The sales of existing homes fell 3.4% last month. And uh, so uh, the October sales decrease indicates the market is treading water. Median home sale price was 
dollars in October, and that's about a 5.8% annual increase. I'm thinking if that increase of 5.8% was enough to knock down home sales by 3.4%, that to me that does not uh, uh, seem to come from a healthy economy. You would think that uh, a 5.8% annual increase would make that much of a difference. But uh, um, in the West, where you had the biggest rise in prices that declined the most, uh, and that was 8.7% in the West. So still not, not a healthy economy. Um, you have first-time buyers accounted for 31% of sales in October. First-time buyers, uh, they historically make up about 40% of all sales. Um that's about it. I think the only other interesting thing I thought was in Argentina, they uh, had elections and um, uh, they've ousted the Cristina Fernandez. And you have Macri. Really? Mm-hmm. They have Macri. He's um, had a, a win late Sunday and uh, began laying out how he would achieve some of the promises that helped him end the 12-year reign. And uh, But what's interesting... He actually assumes the president uh, December 10th, and that country has problems like 30% inflation and government spending and that many private economists warn is not sustainable. kind of sounds, we don't have 30% inflation yet, but we certainly have the government spending, and there's many economists that says this is not sustainable. But what's interesting, he says, we need to know the real state of public accounts. And certainly I think that's... Meaning? Uh, Meaning? Truth. Wait, wait. Are you saying that the new president elect in Argentina mm -hmm. is the one who's saying they need to know how bad they need to know what the what the water the real state of public the books? That's correct. Yeah. So yeah. What do you think he'll find? Do you think he'll find they're falsified? Uh, he'll probably find the same thing that you would find here in the states. Absolutely. I doubt if you find it as great. I, uh, but probably I not as great. something. No. I'd say one other thing. This is a good strategy if you're coming into office and you know there's going to be trouble. You Did might as well tell, show people, here's what the books really are, and then you can blame the problems on Christina after you're, after you're in office. Say, look, she's been cooking the books for 12 years. I just got in here, now I'm trying to clean up the mess she made. It's a good opportunity to kind of distance yourself from the previous administration. Dig that info up immediately. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't let the market dictate you looking it up. You look it up first and uh, let it all fall. We had a question come in. Uh, the Fed is having, um, again, um, an unscheduled meeting. Um, people have been using the word emergency meeting. You can use whatever word you want, but I, I don't consider it an emergency meeting. Um, but today, they are meeting today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it should be over by now, probably. I don't know, but it allegedly started at 11.30, presumably East Coast time, because that's where they were meeting. So I'm going to guess the meeting is over or just about over. But some people think it's an emergency meeting, and it is a little bit odd because the meeting is scheduled, was only scheduled on the 19th. Here we are four days later. They're meeting under expedited procedures, which reading the text, from the Federal Reserve website, it says it's anticipated 
that the closed meeting of the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve System at 11.30 a.m. on Monday, November 23, 2015, will be held under expedited procedures as set forth in Section 26LB.7 of the Board's Rules regarding public observation of meetings. It appears that expedited procedures means it may mean. If they're going to have a meeting under expedited procedures, then the public won't be allowed to attend. This is not necessarily a big deal, but uh, it is interesting that they only called to this meeting apparently four days ago. Now, that, that suggests that something's happened in the last week or so, 10 days, who knows that has caused them to say, we need to, we need to talk. And they go down and they say, read what they claim, matters considered. This is from the Federal Reserve website. It says, review and determination by the Board of Governors of the advance and discount rates to be charged by the Federal Reserve banks. Well, that's not exactly a big deal. It's interesting, but it's not a, bad, a big deal. But they go on and they say, a final announcement of matters considered under expedited procedures will be available in the board's Freedom of Information and Public Affairs offices and on the board's, on the board's website following the closed meeting. Implication. They say they're going to be talking about the advance and discount rates to be charged by the Federal, charged by Federal Reserve Banks. That's what they say they're talking about. But they also say... We might be talking about something else, and we're not going to tell anybody before the meeting begins. We will allegedly tell the people after the meeting is over. That's a little odd to me. I don't know if that's standard procedure for the Federal Reserve or not, but it's certainly a little bit odd. And it's, you know, it's one of those things that gets you talking to yourself a little bit. Um, if you like conspiracy theories, they're having a meeting on short order. The public's not allowed to attend. They're not telling us everything they're going to talk about. They claim they will tell us after the meeting's over. I'll make you a bet, and I'll never be able to win it or lose it. I'll make you a bet that they're going to talk about something and try to come to a particular agreement. And if they don't get the agreement that people in charge want... And maybe they won't even say they talked about it. If they do get the agreement the people in charge want, then perhaps it'll be listed after the meeting on the Fed's website or wherever. But it's just a little bit odd. It's not cause for, you know, great excitement and the rest of it. And it's been referred to by others as an emergency meeting. And the word emergency does not appear in the Fed's description of the meeting and notice of the meeting. It does say... Huh, the headline from the Federal Reserve. It says, Government in the Sunshine Meeting Notice. So apparently they're going to be pumping sunshine at this meeting, Melody. I don't know. Um, just maybe smoke, too. We're going to maybe pump sunshine. They haven't said, uh, that they haven't said they're going to pump smoke also, but maybe they will. Smoke, mirrors, and sunshine. Mm. Well, these, as you mentioned before, you know that they, they, they have these special meetings. They have occurred before, and they have closed meetings before. What I also find, what I find interesting, is the timing of everything. I mean, here you're going into a holiday weekend, and to me, I think the timing is interesting. Uh, you know, if they were going to plan this meeting, why didn't they do it next week after the holiday? Because you know, I mean, heck, 
all of Washington shuts down. There's probably nobody there this week. Um, so to me, I think that the timing is also more interesting. But well, by the time we get back uh, from the holiday, it'll be the 30th, you know, whatever they plan. You have the their rate meeting, what is it, the 15th of December, I believe? Ninth, I thought it was 18th and 19th. You know, but, something uh, in there, somewhere around. Middle, some uh, middle, they're mid, mid-December. And, and you're right. They make the announcement on the discount rate. That could mean, you know, anything. What, you know, but what I find interesting about the discount rate, that usually goes higher than the Fed fund rate. So if they are going to make changes in the rates, this one they will probably want to increase um, the Fed you know, maybe, discount rate. Yeah, they'll want to increase the discount rate unless uh, – um, you know, so it could have something to do with what they plan to do on the 18th. But the discount rate, that's when the the banks borrow from from them after they've exhausted all of the sources of credit. You know, where a bank doesn't want to lend to this bank because there's risk there, you know, a considerable risk. So the bank then has to go to uh, the feds to get the money, and this is the In other words, discount. if they don't trust the regular bankers, they will trust the feds. So, the discount window is pretty much the last resort for the bank mm-hmm. to solve any type of liquidity issues that they might have on a short-term basis. So, you know... So it could be just something uh, like a precursor to, uh, you know, raising their rates uh, come the December 18th. I don't know. We'll wait and see, but uh, we'll be following I think this. they're reacting to something, though. I mean, if they're going to talk about so. changing the rates a month from now, essentially, I don't think they'd ever have the meeting organized on the basis of call for a meeting on the 19th, have the meeting on the 23rd. That's pretty short order. No, uh, no, I, I haven't followed their procedure. More like a reaction. Yeah, it, it to does, me, it's more like a reaction to something that's happened in the last week or ten days. It does seem that way, but I haven't followed their, you know, their their protocols for, you know, their meetings and their timings of their meetings and so forth mm-hmm. for you know, some major decision. And it will be. A you know, I mean, there's decision. some uh, things more interesting to do in life than follow the uh, <laughs> the protocols of the Federal Reserve meetings, do you? Well, really. Not this year. All right. Not this year. Um, he also had a second part in the question that we can go over real quick. He wanted to know about what would happen if they raise rates um, or even if they went into a negative rate. He says, what will happen to gold and silver? And we talked about this, I think it was last week, maybe the week before, where there's been three major rate hike cycles. And uh, the first time was in 72, 73. You had a peak gain of gold of 162%. The next time was between 77 and 80. You had a peak gain of uh, 555%, uh, 46 times. In 2004 to 2006 was the third major rate hike cycle. And that had a peak gain of 74%. And... uh, uh, that was uh, four and a half times more than the S&P. So uh, you can see gold rise significantly. Is it going to happen the day after the rates go up? No, it's not. But over a period of time, uh, you certainly can see uh, gold rise. And if, you know, so, you know, we, we gold is going to do well no matter what condition it's given. 
because when you look at the history of gold and you look at the history of a fiat currency, we are here today because of that fiat currency. Gold will do what it's supposed to do, and it's really as simple as that. Well, while we consider the simplicity of gold's obligations, let's take some commercials. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back in a moment. Please stay tuned. Financial obligations or relationship problems have you feeling stressed out? When life is too much to handle, use Apothecary Herbs Emotional Stress Formula. Feel calm and more in control with herbs especially combined to provide the organic nutrition your system needs to help you cope. Complete instructions for maximum benefit and a money-back guarantee. You've waited long enough. Call Apothecary Herbs now. Toll free 866-229-3663. That's 866-229-3663. International callers dial 704-875-8010 or order online at the 3w.thepowerherbs.com. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. American Voice Radio Network is heard on Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices.
Hi, folks. I'm Alfred Adams here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, brought to you by Discount Gold and Silver at 1-800-375-4188 for all your gold and silver coin needs. What's next, Melody? I just... What's next, Melody? Only my doctor used to sing to me when I was a little girl. He used to sing a song, Melody. So, anyway... um, that was like that was intended to be like what's new pussy cat which yeah. is a tom jones song from back in the old days when I've they still had those big funnels out. mounted on they had the rca victor dog listening to the sound coming out that was from that era um i just want to remind listeners to get to our website dgscoins.com dgscoins.com and i do we don't encourage this enough i do appreciate your questions Coming to us at DiscountGoldAndSilver at Yahoo.com, DiscountGoldAndSilver at Yahoo.com, or you could use D- questions at DGSCoins.com, questions at DGSCoins.com. Uh, we do appreciate your questions, and because uh, sometimes we, you know, we have a tendency to overlook some things because uh, uh, we're busy doing and, 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 and reporting on other things. So your questions are very, very important. Sign up for our weekly newsletter. And, of course, you can listen to the archives of the program on our website, dgscoins.com. And I just want to remind listeners, until 2016, the U.S. Mint did come out. And uh, for one-tenth ounce American gold eagles and one-quarter ounce American Gold Eagles, they are no longer making any of the 2015s. So they have become a little bit limited. So make sure if you want those fractional pieces uh, to, to let us know. We do have some here in inventory. And the half ounce is still good and the one ounce is still good. We're still selling those. and uh, they're, um, So you have to be careful uh, purchasing the 2015 uh, American Eagle series, but give us a call at one eight hundred three seven five four one eight eight. That's one eight hundred three seven five forty one eighty eight. The AU five dollar Liberty gold piece is a great product uh, to purchase for a fractional piece of gold, and um, we have a few, very few. And we might even be out, but give us a call, and uh, we can go over the inventory and um, put together a great little package for you. This is an article from Zero Hedge. Uh, headline, Global Trade Just Snapped. Container freight rates plummet 70% in three weeks. The Baltic Dry Index is also at record lows. And this is really a remarkable report, particularly coming in. This is, in, this is just in front of the Christmas season, you understand? And... Mm-hmm. It's telling us that global commerce is down, down, and down. This does not bode well for the Christmas season. So as this market is looking like a disaster, and the rates are a reflection of that, one warns one of the world's largest ship brokers. While the Baltic Dry Freight Index gets all the headlines, having collapsed to all-time record lows last week, It is the specifics of that headline that are truly terrifying. At a time of typical seasonal strength, they're talking about Christmas time, 
should be moving all the gigas should be coming from China to here and coming from China, come moving from China into Europe at the time of typical seasonal Christmas strength for freight and thus global trade around the world. Reuters reports that spot rates for transporting containers from Asia to Northern Europe have crashed a stunning 70% in the last three weeks alone. Three weeks and a 70% decline. All right, that is, that is, that's just, I mean, that is scary. That's, that's something strange. And this is from Asia, meaning China primarily, to Northern Europe. Right, not the, the, we don't see that 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 same degree as you'll as you'll hear as you, if you, we go into this, the, the the decline from Asia to the United States is about eight percent, maybe nine percent. The decline from Asia to Northern Europe is seventy percent. I mean, yeah, we're having a little trouble. We're on a downstroke. They are on a plunge. This is very strange. Um, the, uh, the article goes on. It says this is almost un- this almost unprecedented divergence from seasonality has only occurred at this scale once before, and that was 2008. It's looking scary for the market, and it doesn't look like there's going to be any life in the market near term. They uh, got a graph of the Baltic uh, dry index, which just, which tracks shipping rates globally. And it is at record lows. It's been kept since 1985, and it is currently at a record low of, oh, from reading, it looks like 550 or thereabouts, reading on the graph. Uh, this is coming down from, in 08, it, it peaked at something like 1,200, 11, eh, about 1,200. And now it is down to 550. It has taken some, it plunged in 2008, uh, rose up again, up and down, blah, blah, blah. Um, <clears throat> Shanghai containerized freight is collapsing. Another one, uh, as Reuters reports, shipping freight rates for transporting cargoes uh, from ports in Asia to northern Europe plunged 27.9%, $295 per 20-foot container. The week ending on Friday, that's in the week. The source of, uh, let's see, the drop came after spot freight prices. The world's busiest route dropped 39% last week. The spotlight rates are for transporting containers carrying anything from flat screen TVs to sportswear from Asia to Northern Europe has fallen 70% in three weeks. Now, well, let me give one more. Uh, and then the container freight rate fell 22% from Asia to ports in the Mediterranean, all right, southern Europe, but it dropped 8.6% to ports in the United States West Coast. In uh, the U.S. West Coast, uh, we're down 8%, uh, and uh, East Coast was down 8%, West Coast was 8.6%, so you can say 8 or 9% in the United States. The implication on all of this is that the difference between the fall off, the fall off in shipping rates to northern europe 70% and to the united states 8 or 9% indicates that while the united states market is weakening it's still much stronger than that of europe if we can believe these numbers it implies that europe is in or near a depression right now i mean they're in trouble 
as supplier to Europe, China should be in or near a deep recession or even depression. Only the United States may escape the worst of this economic fall, although we will also clearly slide deeper into recession and or depression. But it looks from these numbers, if you can just judge from these numbers, and three weeks is not enough to normally amount to much, but 70% in three weeks, that's something. That's worth talking about. That's worth thinking about. 70% in Northern Europe, 22 23% in Southern Europe. All right. Um, <clears throat> this signals that maybe something's happening here. Maybe something important has has happened. Optimists say this has nothing to do the uh, the demand has nothing to do with falling demand, but is merely due to an oversupply of ships. Okay, that's don't forget. People aren't. It's not that people aren't buying things, getting ready for Christmas. It's they just got too many ships. See. Well, according to this article, the supply of ships has surged, but only thanks to totally manipulated and decoupled from reality signals from markets that cause firms to massively malinvest in building ships for the renaissance of global trade, which never happened. In other words, zero hedge implies that if the shipping industry is overbuilt, it's only overbuilt because the shipping industry believed the economic indicators that had been falsified by the Federal Reserve, U.S. government, and other central banks and outlets of the New World Order. They, they told them, look, here's biz hey, business is great, unemployment is down, everything's, everything's, everything's great, and so they built ships. And according to this article, there is some truth to the idea that we have more ships than we need right now. That's true. But the demand for ships did not fall 70% in three weeks to Northern Europe because they got too many ships. All right? That didn't happen. If it was going to happen, if there was going to be a slack off uh, in the Baltic Dry Index and it was going to be only due to ships, the, an oversupply of ships, that's easily solved. You mothball however many ships you need. You don't need it. You, 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 you know, your excess in ships, mothball them, put them off, park them off to the side, and we'll get back to them when the business picks up. I don't believe, I do not find the argument that this is due to an oversupply of ships. I don't find that to be credible. It might be that the 70% fall to Northern Europe is partly due to, to oversupply of ships. I'll go along with that. But it can't be mostly due especially 70% three-week period, coming into Christmas. This is when all the stuff should be hauled over here to be put on the shelves for people buying things for Christmas. Uh, this, is, this, this is evidence that demand has collapsed. Um, Zero Hedge blames the problem in part the oversupply of ships on ship and shipping industry being dumb enough to believe the statistics that the government economic statistics that the government puts out, uh, and that may that you know it it reminds me of uh, the line from poet Walter Scott back around 1808. You're a lord. He said, "Oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive." Huh? Over 200 years ago made that observation. Very nice observation. And what it implies is when the government starts 
falsifying economic indicators and telling us that the employment rate is substantially less than it is and telling us that the size of the national debt is substantially less than it is and trying to instill confidence where there's not much basis for confidence they are trying to deceive us but what happens is the web once you start trying to deceive the web becomes more complex and more tangled and as you know Walter Scott, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive or when first we practice to run the Federal Reserve. All right, tangled webs. Ah, uh, what else do we have down here? It says the fact that the ships have not been mothballed. Well, we, can, we want to get into that. Um, it just looks, this is, this is just almost spectacular evidence that we are not going to have a big-time Christmas. Now, we'll watch and see. It's not proof, but it's evidence. And if they're not, I mean, something is happening globally for shipping at, at the peak, which should be the peak of the year. And instead of going up, it's going down and not a little bit down or even a little bit sideways. It's going badly down, 70% to Northern Europe. The other point, it indicates, again, that Europe's in trouble. Something's going on in Europe, and they are on the verge of major problems and whatever trouble we have in this country right now Europe's got more and China insofar as it's wedded to Europe also has trouble we are the cleanest dirty shirt in the in this in, in the world economic hamper right now uh, we got a little bit of trouble maybe we've got a lot of trouble but they got more trouble they got big trouble we got trouble they have got big trouble that's the implication to me very unusual and insightful story. Well, we talked about the Harpax Index, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I think uh, when we talked about the, the Baltic, uh, I don't know, maybe it was longer than a couple of weeks ago, maybe. But the Harpax, what's interesting about that and where he got this information that this index, the Harpax Index, is, and I think you mentioned it too, is what they carry also. Um, what's based on those freight rates are container ships, and mm -hmm. these container ships is what carries these finished goods for yeah. retailers. So when you see those rates drop for this type of a of a ship, where the dry Baltic, I mean, you're just looking at your, you, you know, your 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 ores, your your building materials, and, and things like that, your, your commodities, so forth. Yep. So. Uh, it is a, a different index, and to, and to track those rates for these container ships is important, and it shows that people are not buying, that people, you know, they're not, you know, the, the economies are far worse than uh, what uh, anyone uh, cares to admit yeah, you know, in any of these, for any of these governments. So, yeah, it is a good uh, uh, indicator as far as uh, something to follow and so forth. Um, the other well, I had something there. Oh, the other point is that they do talk in this article, they talk about how much iron ore is being moved to China, how much uh, aluminum, how much copper is being shipped and the rest of that. They point to these, the supply, the amount of these commodities that are being moved has been diminished dramatically. And that's in keeping with the price of these commodities falling significantly. Mm -hmm. The one thing I've understood about economics since I was 
I don't know, since the 60s. I'm not, you know, not, I wasn't a student of economics, per se. But I understand that when commodities go down, it is a signal that you are in a recession and or economic depression. It's one of the signals that makes us say, uh-oh, you got trouble here. Well, uh-oh, we got trouble here. The question, you know, we can sit back and say, well, Europe's got big trouble, and that appears to be the truth. And, it could, and we can say China's got pretty big trouble, and that appears to be the truth. The question is, is their trouble, the trouble at Europe and the trouble in, in China, is that enough to drag the entire global economy down? And will the United States be able to resist, or will we drop with the rest of them, although perhaps at a later date? They'll fall first, and then we'll land on top of them. We'll watch and see. Before I will roll that around the back of our minds while we take a couple more commercials. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival, and we'll be right back. Please stay tuned. part of our future. The question is, how do we protect ourselves? Are you willing to put your trust in an untested vaccine hoping it kills mutating viruses? Remember, in 1976, health officials tried to inoculate Americans with swine flu and there was a 300% death rate in those inoculated and millions were paid out in damages. God gave you a sophisticated immune system and in times of need, you can make it 10 times stronger. So there's no need to panic. Just get prepared. Call Apothecary Herbs to order your upgraded pandemic kit. You will have eight professional strength formulas offering broad-spectrum immune-boosting protection. Take a stand, have a plan, have peace, and request your pandemic kit today. Or take your chances with the bad boys. Call Apothecary Herbs toll-free, 866-229-3663, or online, thepowerherbs.com. Prices have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We've got a caller, Melody. Good. James from West Virginia, I believe. 
No, it's Jim. Oh, yeah. Jay. I just thought I would shed a little bit of light on this shipping deal. Uh, I have acquaintances who are pay much more attention to this than I do. I've been off the net for two years. But I think it was in 2009, 2010, something like that. I did see a picture. He shipped it to me. He sent it to me email. Of all these ships, I'd say 30 or 40 of them, cargo mm -hmm. ships, which were anchored offshore. I remember it was a Pacific Ocean. I can't remember if it was off China, Eastern World, or off us. I, I, I don't I think remember. Shanghai, maybe. But, sir? Shanghai, perhaps. Or perhaps Shanghai. I don't remember where. And I don't know where they had to go, but I look for it. But uh, this idea is they've overbuilt too many ships uh, recently. Uh, and another uh, point on the curve is that, uh, I'm not going to say a record number, but a bunch of ships are getting scrapped uh, in the Great Lakes area. Like, I think one operation is in Lorain, Ohio, or real near there. But, uh, yeah, they're... they're Nobody in their right mind would have built new ships, so I don't buy that at all. And if I remember correctly, the Baltic Dry Index is the total tons which are being transported, not having to do anything to do with how many ships are transporting it. So yeah, I, I think somebody's trying to whitewash something. Yeah, they're, they're just trying point, to put a happy face on a disaster. Bingo, I mean, and also... The Titanic, and they're saying <laughs> all those people are running out of the out of the engine room. They're just coming out to catch a little fresh air. Nothing to right. worry about. <laughs> no, the there's nothing to worry on. about. A lot yeah. of band plays on it. Also, another point on the curve, I am in sporadic contact with people who are in sporadic contact with people in Europe. And from what I've heard, in some parts of the world where the Muslims are going nuts, they're saying in so many words, you ain't going to have no Christmas celebrations this year and harassing shop owners with Christmas stuff. So I don't know... Uh, there's a little bit that I know, but not a whole heck of a lot about this uh, shipping deal. So you might want to look into it. I think somebody's trying to whitewash it. I think we're in a lot more trouble. Well, I do, too. Anybody. I mean, they're trying to say it's just too many ships. I'm saying that just doesn't compute for me. No. We are. What this indicates is demand is down. Nobody is ordering things to be shipped at what should be the busiest shipping season of the year. There right? you go. That indicates Bingo. we are not going to have a big Christmas. They might not have any Christmas at all in Europe. And it's, there's there's going to be some Christmas sales. There are going to be some Christmas sales in this country, and maybe not, you know, maybe long before we get to Christmas. We're going to see some bottom prices here. Well, I will believe deflation when I see prices dropping on everything. Uh, let me, if I can go on just a little bit about the Islamic deal. Um, I'm no expert, believe me. Um, but I had a very constructive conversation with an Islamic guy, oh, before 01, so I'm guessing 15 years ago, 16, 17, really opened my eyes to see things. Now, he was an American guy, he was an African-American guy who converted to Islam because he got fed up with the hypocrisy of a mainline Protestant church, but he was around people from the Middle East all the time. And he was saying that the people who came over prior to the 90s were well-educated Islamic people, and they were not violent. He said, no, but what they can do over there is they're teaching these young Islamic people, read the book of Joshua, God says, kill them all. And, uh, well, we have been killing a whole lot of people over there. And, you know, we're supposed to be a good Christian nation, and I'm Christian. Um, and so all these uh, Islamic people are seeing everybody getting killed over there, thinking, huh, 
Christian murderer. So guess which group of people take it in the neck in the Middle East and everywhere else? Oh, I agree. The Christians, because we're supposedly a Christian nation. And, you know, I, it makes me sick. When I was a kid, my parents hammered into me that a criminal takes control of that which is not his, that which belongs to somebody else. And then by the time I got through eighth grade, I had been indoctrinated. So my dad asked, what is a criminal? I said, somebody who breaks the law. And so he said, okay, well, who, which law? I said, well, the government laws. So dad says, so in other words, anybody who doesn't do what the government says is a criminal. Uh, yeah. Then he got real upset because, you know, he said, my mother said, basically, under common law, a crime is the description of the damage done to another living man or woman. Not what some government decrees is a crime. They can say, oh, you drop an egg three feet uh, and you break it, that's illegal. You owe us money. But the bottom line is, unless and or until people understand, it's just flat wrong to go to another country and murder people. If young men will sooner or later quit believing old men's lies, maybe some of this will slow down without too much. I don't even know if it's old men's lies. I'd say it's old fascist lies. I mean, there's a group of people that are running this country that are not representative of the American people. Absolutely. At least I, I hope they're not. I sure You're hope right. they're not. Certainly don't seem to be. They've captured right. us. They've conned us. They've deceived us. We've been dumb enough and weak enough to fall for their crapola. But they are coming from a completely different place where most of us, from where most of us live and most of us want to live. And it's all been... thing. Well... I'm sorry. And, I just, and another thing. Go ahead. I just want to do this one poll, and, and perhaps this answers, you know, some of the questions of why we feel that, you know, our, our needs are not being met. White Christians now make up less than half of the U.S. population, largely receding from the majorities of most demographic groups, with one notable exception, of course, the Republican Party. They're, and it's true. They have, you know, I can't say what I want to say about the Republican Party on air, but this was according to the latest results from the Pew Research Center, and uh, just 46% of American adults are white Christians, down from 55% in 2007. That's a huge drop. That's a huge drop. That's scary. Yep. Talk about disillusion with the Christian church. I think there are an awful lot of Christians... That's what it comes down to. We have too many ministers who have gone into these 501c3 churches, and they've said they can serve two masters. We're going to serve God, but we're all going to also going to serve the IRS and the government so we can get a tax break. I guarantee you, if you're going to a church that's a 501c3, that church is trying to serve two masters. It's not really a Christian church, in my opinion. And uh, for me... We would be better off paying the taxes, letting the church get by. Maybe they get by in poverty, but they tell the true message and not compromise things and avoid political issues and the rest of that sort of that's part of the that's part of the deal with the five oh one C three. You can't devote more than five percent of your resources to political activity. That means right. you have a non political church. I guarantee you the church at the time of Christ was not non political. 
the church in the Old Testament, they got right in the face of the of the kings and whatever. The prophets went in and said, you better stop this or the good Lord's going to knock you down big time. They were political. And we're trying to, our churches teach us how to be good to our neighbors and the cats and the dogs and the spouse and so on. But nobody is telling us it's time for you to stand up on your hind legs and put an end to the corruption that's taken place in Washington. And when we lost that religious foundation, we lost the motivation. We don't, we don't resist them. And I think that's part of the reason why people are quitting the, the, the Christian church. It's not because they're no longer Christians, per se. It's just they're disgusted with a church that is weak. Something else, um, which Bull shed a lot of light onto this. At one time, who, um, who came up with the first hospitals, the churches? Luke was a physician, right? Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John? Yeah. Uh, the churches were responsible for education. Yeah. The churches were responsible for welfare, so health, education, welfare were in the hands of the church. Now, in colonial America, I remember our textbooks, it had a layout of a, of a colonial town. Oh, here's the city hall, and here, this is the uh, church, and here's the school. Bull. They were all one and the same. Yeah. School during the week, a meeting place on Saturday, worship on Sunday. But the church has basically been... Uh, emaciated or emasculated or something, I don't know what. But the church is not doing what it's supposed to. And the one thing I, I can tell Christians that. is read your Bible. Yeah. Okay, I've eaten up enough airtime. <laughs> All right, Jim, thank you. Thank Appreciate you, your call. Uh, you know, I think that's... We really do need some kind of... Give me that old-time religion. That's been a popular phrase at a lot of times in American history. But there is something wrong... I speak as a Christian, but there's something wrong with the Christian churches. They're selling us a bunch of BS, in my opinion, and they are very seldom selling us on what our responsibilities should be and why we must stand up to resist corruption and whatever else is going on in government that's illegal, ungodly, and even unconstitutional. We don't get that out of the churches. And again, it goes from this business that you, they can't devote more than 5% of their, of, their, of their resources to political activity. You know, the American Revolution, they talked about having, they, they, they were, the American Revolution was supported by the black-robed brigade. And some people believe the black-robed brigade was responsible for winning the American Revolution. And the black-robed brigade was a term they used to describe the ministers of the time, the people standing in the pulpit and saying, this British king is bad news. And you got to stop this guy. you got to get the British out of here. And it's not a function of worrying about the tea or the taxes. It's a function of doing what the good Lord wants you to do. When people are motivated by their spirituality, they are almost impossible to stop. When they're only in it for the money, the convenience, the fun, whatever, you can run them off without any trouble. But you get people motivated by their spirituality, and they are implacable in their determination to do what they believe is right. And when Jim is talking about, it used to be that the churches, for example, were responsible for the education of children. Well, once the government moved in with public school education, they essentially distanced 
that education from the church, and they distanced the people from the church, and they moved us into a position where we don't do things for spiritual reasons. In fact, if we try to do things for spiritual reasons, a lot of people say, oh, this guy's crazy. You know, some kind of a lunatic or something. You need that kind of lunacy if you're going to hold this country together. And if all we're going to be is a bunch of secular atheists or kumbaya Christians where we're all going to just sing and get along together, the people are in big, big trouble. Because there are people in the world who will fight for the, what they want, and the Muslims are a classic example. They'll take what you've got as long as you're not willing to fight. And if you don't know, if you're not willing to fight, you don't know why you're fighting, you don't know what you're fighting for, what, how, how can you defend yourselves? You have turned those obligations over to the government. So, oh, the government will defend me. The government will protect me. The government will tell me what to do. The government will maintain our values. No, they won't. I mean, the biggest, you know, the great danger here, Europe, to me, is a classic example. We still have a chance. Well, Europe may not. They have lost their ability to fight. They're waiting on somebody to save them. The Muslims are walking right in. The Europeans don't have guns. They don't have the, after World War II, they have been stripped of the ability, inclination to get, engage in warfare. They're, and I'm not, you know, war is not a good thing, but I, it is the way the world is. And if you're not willing to fight, somebody's going to take whatever you've got, and therefore you got to be willing to fight. you got to know what you're fighting for. You have to know why you're fighting. And if, ideally, if you understand that what you're doing is a question of what the good Lord wants, and I'm not saying you got to get look for some lunatic to lead you into beheading people because you think that's what God wants you to do. But still, there's a point here, and we are nowhere near that point, that, that line where we understand this is what God wants. This is what we're doing. This is service to God. When you got that, you are powerful. Don't have it, you are weak. So here we are. We are in a situation where we have become weak, weak, weak. I mean, we don't even protect our borders. How crazy is this? How insane can it be that we waste our time and our money and some of, the, some of our lives over fighting and whatever's going on in the Middle East? Why? Because Saddam, or excuse me, Assad uh, in Syria is interfering with with plans to control the flow of oil. He's got he has an adverse impact on what we think should be happening with oil pipelines and therefore we're going to all sorts of complex devious schemes in order to try to get him out of the way. But why don't we just mind our own business including protect our own borders? If you won't protect your borders, this country is going to be submerged. Where poor people from around the world are going to come here like locusts. And they will strip the fields bare. And when this country is completely stripped, they'll move on to whatever's left. Non-productive people coming here. They're coming here to consume. And uh, they'll consume whatever it is you've got unless you're ready to fight to keep what you've got. We're out of time. I want to thank all of you for listening. I'm Alfred Addis here with Melody Cedarstrom on Financial Survival. We'll be back tomorrow in the meantime. The good Lord bless you, me, Melody, and Frank, the producer. Bye-bye.
Galaxy 19 at 97 degrees west, transponder 23, frequency 12115, audio PID 2595. AVR is heard on the left side audio channel, and AVR2 is heard on the right side audio channel. Remember, both AVR and AVR2 are on Galaxy 19. Same network, double the choices. Can your family survive a food shortage lasting two weeks, six months, or maybe longer? Sound far-fetched? We live in precarious times. There is an ever-increasing possibility of food shortages caused by terrorist attacks, natural disasters, truck strikes, or monetary collapse. You owe it to yourself and family to prepare, and you can by getting a supply of our long-storing, freeze-dried, and dehydrated foods. Our foods are time-tested to store for decades, require a minimum of time and energy to prepare while maintaining superior nutritional value, freshness, and taste. Our foods were designed designed for the space program and are in constant use today by our own nuclear submarine service. Contact the Freeze Dry Guy today at Freeze Dry Guy at Lancet.com. That's Freeze Dry Guy at L-A-N-S-E-T.com or call 530-265-8333. 530-265-8333. And let them know you heard it on American Voice Radio. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call 
Swiss America at one 800 buy for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at one 800 buy That's one 800 289 26 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Fighting soldiers from the sky Fearless men who jump and die Men who mean just what they say The brave men of the Green Beret Silver wings upon their chest These are men America's best 100 men All right, everybody. Welcome to the Freedom Call. We're starting off uh, the week. Actually, yesterday was Sunday in honor of the sun god. If you look at all your calendars, you'll see where Sunday is the first day of the week. Got nothing to do with being the last day of the week. It's got nothing to do with actually being the Sabbath, uh, which is on Saturday. But here in America, I mean, what are we uh, expecting? They ran a uh, a survey in Afghanistan, and they found out in Kandahar, which is one of the largest uh, city provinces, and in other uh, heavily occupied cities and provinces, they found out that 92% of the Afghans had no idea that America had uh, been attacked, 9-11, have no idea why America is in Afghanistan. The Taliban tells them that the Americans have replaced the Russians. And now that we are sending tanks, uh, these are main battle tanks, it's just like (laughs) the USSR did, and uh, they became known as the Beast, Now, uh, tanks, main battle tanks, aren't very effective uh, over in Afghanistan. And uh, I guess during the training of the Mujahideen, uh, one thing that uh, caused a little burp and what we were doing is in training uh, the leadership to stop main battle tanks, we used uh, ammonium nitrate. And we uh, all blew a hole that was uh, as wide as the road. So it literally uh, puts a total halt uh, to anything that has uh, 
tank treads that would go down, and, and many of the roads in Afghanistan uh, are not just open, flat desert. Uh, they are through um, and along uh, vertical escarpments. And it uh, so you can blow a hole uh, with just a prill chicken manure, which is what ammonium nitrate is. Uh, about every 50 pounds of uh, ammonium nitrate, you need uh, a gallon of either old motor oil, diesel fuel. They work best. Uh, gasoline is not the best uh, to use, but it can be used. And you also have to have a quarter pound equivalent of TNT, which is, uh, oh, at least one uh, 60% commercial dynamite stick. Uh, and you can wrap this in detonating cord because if you are, you're going to make more uh, than a 50 pounder. Uh, you want to, so it takes actually. Uh, all about uh, two uh, to four uh, 40-gallon gasoline containers to wipe out uh, and make a tank trap. Well, in uh, Sandy Valley is uh, the exact duplicate of what we find over in Afghanistan. I mean, you you literally uh, could... Uh, take an Afghani, give him uh, some kind of uh, knockout drug. When he comes to, you could have him flown uh, to Sandy Valley, uh, Nevada. When he woke up, he would think that uh, you had just taken him across the next mountain line line that was there. It is uh, an excellent place to train people. Matter of fact, the National Desert Training Center uh, is uh, for the entire U.S. military is out here at Barstow, uh, California. And uh, when we set off uh, the ammonium nitrate that day, uh, there wasn't any wind blowing, so it created a giant mushroom cloud. Uh, Blew a hole about 18 feet deep, which is enough to entrap Uh, a tank, and actually, uh, if it's, uh, if the sides are steep enough, it can cause the tank to to invert, come down, the main battle gun will strike, it'll bend just like a a big uh, pipe, and uh, you can impale the main battle tank uh, on its uh, 105-millimeter gun, if that, if you so... uh, if you build your uh, your explosive right. Now, again, why are we taking over main battle tanks? Well, we say that it's going to give our GIs more protection. But the point is that a main battle tank, uh, unless, if they ride on top of it, it's no more protection. Because uh, high-velocity, horizontal uh, missiles, meaning like bullets, uh, will uh, knock you off the tank and penetrate uh, your body armor uh, just 
uh, actually makes it easier than if you were inside an up-armored uh, Humvee. And the main battle tank only has room on the inside uh, for its crew. <laughs> and so uh, what is the idea? Uh, to me, it is a horrible uh, progressive step because uh, it is the mark of the USSR. The main battle tanks uh, in those days uh, were T-52s and T-62s uh, later on. They, uh, the American main battle tank is similar. And uh, when the Afghan people see it, they're going to know that what the Taliban tells them uh, is true. The Americans have just taken the place of uh, the Russians. Now, I want you to understand that uh, we have people in our in our Psy war units. They have gone around in Afghanistan and asked this survey. I don't know why nobody thought to do it before, but when you get less than 10%, see, you always have 10%, generally speaking, that don't get the word. But here, 92%, this is news as of today. This is a brand new current figure. 92% of the Afghans have no idea America was ever attacked or why America is in Afghanistan and have been told and, uh, and believe because they look and see that uh, the USA has just replaced the USSR. We're spending $2 billion a week, and the main battle tanks will make us appear exactly uh, like the old Russians. And the Taliban says, we got the Russians out. We beat them. Now we have to get the Americans out the same way. All right, let's go to another uh, subject because a lot of you are thinking about uh, Thanksgiving and uh, the people, AAA, who keep a close track of uh, travel have this to tell you. Uh, first of all, the gasoline has gone up 25 cents over last year. So all this business about getting into Iraq, that was all about oil. There weren't any weapons of mass destruction. We got rid of Saddam Hussein. We put in uh, the world's largest embassy. We uh, put in our own puppet government. And gasoline has gone up 25 cents in just the last year. And gasoline, the reason I mention it is because gas is on its way up. And there will be one6 three million people that uh, will be traveling uh, this Thanksgiving. Now, when you travel by air, as you know, it's, uh, it's getting to be uh, more of a challenge. And uh, we've got now both Janet Napolitano uh, and uh, uh, this guy, uh, John Pistoli, now, John Pistoli, he's head of the uh, thousands standing around the TSA, and Janet Napolitano is 
a Homeland Security chief. She is on the president's uh, administration as a secretary level, uh, just like uh, Chertoff, Michael Chertoff was. Now, Michael Chertoff uh, is on the board of the two companies that uh, make uh, these scanners. And the good news is that the Pilots Association has now uh, gotten a free pass for commercial pilots going through the airports uh, so that they don't have to be scanned uh, since they, meaning the union, uh, the Commercial Pilots Association, made their case of being concerned about excessive radiation absorbed uh, by the pilots. Well, if you travel uh, more than uh, once uh, every few years, uh, you're getting a blast uh, of radiation, and it may be that Janet uh, Napolitano is saying, uh, you better follow the rules uh, that are laid down. You've got to follow the law. And so is John Pistole. They're all telling us, uh, don't give the TSA any problem uh, when you're traveling um, this year. You just do as you're told. Follow the rules. This is for your own safety. Well, see, the cost of safety is always liberty. It always will be. And the point is, is that uh, it's all, and who doesn't have to go through the radiation scanner? Well, members of Congress don't. Uh, you think there's any crooks in the 535 of them, 100 in the Senate, 435 in the House of Representatives? Nobody that's a member of the administration, they don't have to. You know, you'll never see any of them, including... Uh, you know, her sectarial ship, uh, Janet, or John uh, Pistole, he's not going through there. And uh, when you look at uh, officials, uh, none of them. It's only the little people that are going to be required. Now, why do this? Well, uh, the scanners have been proven that uh, they... Uh, cannot detect, they can detect some things, but they cannot detect uh, others. People who are trained and skilled can fool the scanners. And so I think the reason for the scanners is the reason why uh, the administration uh, back in the Clinton times uh, gave uh, the uh, the uh, master's program there in Monterey, California, the Naval Postgraduate School, gave them the uh, mission to survey GIs, and they only wanted the combat veterans to be surveyed as to whether or not they uh, would open fire on American civilians who uh, were found to possess 
firearms considered illegal uh, by the federal government. And uh, I remember that a lot of people in uh, those days were very concerned when they uh, got word of this. Well, they didn't need to be because more than 70%, uh, 6%, more than 76% of the combat veterans said no. No, they wouldn't. They wouldn't follow orders. No, they wouldn't fire on uh, American civilians who refused uh, or who possessed firearms considered to be illegal uh, by uh, the federal government. And so what I think is this scan business uh, is just another uh, test. Let's see how far we can push the American people this time. And oh, here we go. I mean, we had, uh, you know, it's interesting. You look at the Republicans, and here you've got the best and the brightest. Uh, you look at the Democrats, and here you've got uh, the buffoons. Now, uh, both of the administrations, and we don't even need to consider third parties because uh, there hadn't been one of them uh, that has uh, won a major office, so uh, we only need to look at the at the Democrat and the Republicrat. We find out that uh, these uh, people are corrupt on both ends. It's interesting, though. The Democrats want to disarm us. They want to take away our liberty teeth. The Republicrats, they are corrupt. But what they do is uh, they don't target the American individuals. They take their corruption uh, to uh, the shadow government. Remember Ollie North when they asked him, well, what is going on in this Iran-Contra thing? You know, who is given orders? If it wasn't Ronald Reagan, uh, who was the president, and uh, Ollie North, he was the first to coin, as far as I know. Well, it's there is a shadow government that overlays uh, our federal government, and the shadow government uh, can it, it's made up of these elite memberships. Cheney, uh, for example. Well, let's go to a, a Democrat. They uh, interviewed uh, Jimmy Carter. And this is uh, before he was the president uh, by inauguration. They interviewed him when he was the president-elect. And uh, they asked him uh, whether or not uh, he would admit that there were elite organizations that had mega influence on uh, the administrations, not just in the United States, but uh, in uh, leadership of Europe and in Asia. And uh, Jimmy Carter, and specifically they were zeroing in, trying to get an answer from Jimmy Carter about what was going to happen in his administration. And he said, well, <clears throat> he said, I am not a member of any of these elite organizations, but I would have to say that if you saw Zygmunt Brzezinski, 
as uh, my uh, security, national security advisor. And uh, if you saw, saw uh, Cyrus Vance as the Secretary of State and uh, maybe Harold Brown as the Secretary of Defense, then I would have to say yes. Because Brzezinski had just started in 1973. Brzezinski started the Trilateral Commission. And Cyrus Vance, Harold Brown, all of them were all members of the Council on Foreign Relations. And it turned out that Cyrus Vance was Secretary of State. Harold Brown was Secretary of Defense. Zygmunt Brzezinski was the National Security Advisor. All of them under Jimmy Carter. Now, I don't really believe that Jimmy Carter knew at that point in time that that is how it was going to turn out. I think Jimmy Carter was being, uh, just like uh, when he was the uh, governor of Georgia, he won the program, What's My Line?, because nobody knew he was governor of Georgia. <laughs> they couldn't guess uh, his job. Well, I think what is going on is we have a Democrat uh, now, Obama, and so the Democratic Party is following uh, its normal course. Let's see uh, how much liberty we can take away from the Americans. How far can we go? And they have chosen to attack the American body politic uh, through this uh, travel business, saying, well, uh, you know, they've got uh, terrorists. Listen, the overseas travel, they, they don't get scanned. Uh, they don't uh, get full body pat-downs. So who is... Who is uh, being scanned with this now, this thing that they're, I don't think it's, it's porn, but it does make you appear naked to the operator who is looking at the screen while you're standing in there like a fool aping what uh, a TSA, I mean, when you see these things, it is worse than uh, kindergarten. Here you see... Uh, these uh, normal people that are being hired by TSA, it's the government, you know, give me a job. And uh, they have got, uh, usually it seems like they're kind of overweight, and they've got their hands above their heads, uh, their, their fingers are interlocking above their head, you know, with hands up. And the people are looking out of this uh, box that they're in, the scanner, and they're trying to ape, they're trying to mimic what the TSA person is doing, and then they want them to turn around and this kind of thing. It's dumb. Now, right now, there are 68 airports, this is as of today, in the United States that are equipped uh, with these uh, body scanners. And we have, this is Chertoff. I mean, we spent $350 million to expedite this. Chertoff is on the board of the two companies that make these scanners. So we have 500 scanners that are in operation today, 
And by the year 2011, see, Chertoff will still be on the board. We got to we got to sell these things. We'll have a thousand scanners uh, that are being used. Friends, it is actually against the law. Now, I think this law applies to people like Michael Chertoff. He was a secretary on the president's cabinet as secretary of Homeland Defense, Michael Chertoff. Now, the law basically says that uh, an executive branch officials cannot go and be on boards and uh, make sales and profits off of their influence uh, to federal government agencies. I think Chertoff is breaking the law. And uh, certainly the companies, I mean, uh, if you were dealing with the former uh, and the original Secretary of Homeland Defense, and he says, you need these scanners. I mean, how many people is Chertoff? Have you seen this guy? He looks a lot worse than Greenspan. Remember that movie, They Live? Well, that's Chertoff that they're talking about. As well as, uh, you know, people used to talk about, hey, if we get rid of Greenspan, then all the Federal Reserve problems will go away. That was before Bernanke. And I told him, I said, that don't make any sense. I said, if you get rid of somebody like uh, Greenspan, they'll just make another one just like him. And look what they did. Look at Bernanke. <laughs> and he looked like a young Greenspan. And so it doesn't really uh, make any difference. What we can do is make our voices heard loud and clear. Now, what I did see today uh, was uh, of a nature of, of uh, pedophiles. I saw on television news a boy that 10 years old being required to strip down in front of TSA officials, take his shirt off so he was naked down to his shorts so that they could check him for what? You know, I, I am disgusted with this. I would drive before I would fly. I would do a lot of things uh, before I would uh, allow uh, this, this current uh, administration, this John Pistole and Janet Napolitano, I would, uh, and we are, America, we're going to win this thing. We're going to push this up a piece of their anatomy to which uh, their heart and mind will understand that we aren't willing to trade liberty and freedoms uh, for safety. All right, stay where you are. I've got a lot to cover with in the news today. Get something to write with. You're going to need to copy down some numbers that I'm going to give you as soon as we come back from a little short break. Stay with American Voice Radio.
cell phone for business or staying in touch with family. Your cell phone use is increasing. Use the Wave Shield, developed for ultimate cellular protection. The Wave Shield blocks, reduces, and deflects up to 97% of the radiation from entering the soft tissue of your ear. The Wave Shield, made of a patented mesh material, is proven and tested to block radiation without affecting reception. Order your Wave Shield today for only $19.95. Did he just say $19.95? Hey, times are tough, so American Voice Radio Network is cutting the price to $17.95. That's right, $17.95 plus mailing. You can protect yourself, family, and friends from cell phone danger to your inner ear. $17.95 at TheAmericanVoice.com. That's the superstore at TheAmericanVoice.com. $17.95 plus mailing. Order now. What makes deep sea salt from France so different? Up from the ocean depths in the south of France flow undersea rivers of pristine sea water. At high tide, the prepared salt ponds are filled with this water. Over spring and summer, processed only by ocean breezes and sunshine, the brine thickens and salt crystals float to the top. These are harvested with nets and deposited on wooden drainage flats to dry. The salt is then gathered up, packaged, and shipped around the world. This salt is much more than a box of lifeless sodium chloride. Soldiers worth their salt were once paid with this valuable commodity. It contains 78 to 84 balancing elements. This is living salt, and once you have tasted it, you will never go back to anything else. I've seen this salt in gourmet shops for $30 a pound. Get it now at 4spectrum.us for under $8 a pound. Order 10 pounds and enter the coupon code AVRSALT at checkout and save $20. Ships free to your door or call 800-581-8906. Order today. The U.S. dollar is fluctuating. Gasoline reserves are low and the price is rising. World events are at best uncertain. How would you fare a stock market crash, hyperinflation, or an overall economic collapse? What would you do if you woke up and the U.S. dollar had the buying power of a penny? Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN for a free 21-page report explaining the current economic dangers and how you can take steps to protect yourself and family. Call Swiss America at 1-800-BUY-COIN. That's 1-800-289-2646. 1-800-289-2646. To learn how you can become prepared, call 1-800-289-2646 and mention you heard it on the American Voice Radio Network. Guys, we're back with American Voice Radio's Freedom Call. I'm your host. My name is Bo Kreitz. And uh, just to put a cap on uh, the airport uh, security, the FAA says an estimated 320,000 passengers will be scanned in this Thanksgiving travel period that we have. Uh, Can you imagine if uh, even a good part, let's say that uh, we ended up having, uh, instead of 326,000 scanned, let's say we ended up having 32,000 that said, I'm sorry, uh, I'm not going to allow this. 
and they don't fly, I think almost immediately you would have such an uproar that uh, this new Congress that we have would take care of this problem. Let me tell you, if the radiation is too much to expose pilots to and members of the administration and U.S. Congress and judges, then uh, it's too much for you and me. What is going on? And what is going to be the trade-off? I've already told you that the much better way is to, you're going to have to have people now with a little bit of education and an ability to be able to learn. Now, you talk about monkey see, monkey do. You spend a moment or two, because all the news, local, national, international, is on this scanning business and on these uh, outrageous pat-downs. And you see, when you see them undress a 10-year-old boy down to his skin, what is this about? Is this about pedophilia? Is it about, and these are all domestic flights. And uh, 999.9% are all Americans born and bred that are um, that would by looking at their body language and the next level would be a brief interview just someone asking them uh where are you going today and uh getting any kind of movement uh face to face you can tell your mother could tell if you were not telling the truth. I mean, this is what the intelligence thing is all about. The pat-down actually takes about five minutes to conduct. This is, and it's very invasive. So the more that uh, we get the message across that there are some things we're not going to put up with, what they need to do is Hire intelligent people, people that have ability to be trained, who, using all of the technology and cameras that are available, keep an eye on people. Look and see, does somebody buy a one-way ticket? Secondly, uh, and, and then you can easily cross-check that with baggage. If they bought a one-way ticket and they have one bag <laughs> and they pay cash, for their ticket, for example. These are all first-stage areas. If they uh, look like they are disguised in any way, if they look nervous for any, uh, any reason, it could be anything. It could be many things besides being a terrorist. But it now puts them... What it's doing is letting the 99% of Americans that uh, are just traveling, uh, glad to have a safe commercial airline. Well, we say safe. You know, United is pretty interesting. This week has been a tough week for them. United has had three 
engine failures on its aircraft where they've had to make emergency landings. And so maybe it isn't so safe. The point is is that uh, it is outrageous to have uh, this 320,000 Americans that are going to be scanned when they have recognized the fact that, yeah, this radiation coming from these scanners, uh, it can be hazardous to your health. All right, let's take a, a look now at the most dangerous uh, cities. The most dangerous city is one that I wouldn't have thought, St. Louis. It is safer to be in Kabul, the capital of Afghanistan, or in Baghdad than it is in St. Louis. And how do they measure uh, this violent city? Well, St. Louis has more than 2,000 violent crimes per 100,000 people. So that means one in 50 is going to be, if you're living in St. Louis, then uh, it's going to be one in 50 people that will be victim to a violent crime. Other cities that qualify but just aren't quite as bad as St. Louis, Camden, New Jersey, you can imagine, Detroit, Michigan, absolutely, Flint, Michigan, of course, and the list would, uh, is much longer. Anyway, uh, we are going to know something uh, by tomorrow. The jawbone that contained at least one tooth that was found by tourists in Aruba, where, wow, five and a half years ago now, uh, Natalie Holloway, a young senior uh, from Alabama, was with her friends in Aruba. She uh, is seen out with this guy, Vandersloot, who now is behind bars in Peru, charged with first-degree murder. Well, there were a couple of Arubans and Vandersloot that uh, they saw Natalie Holloway with, and uh, they just haven't been able to find a body. So uh, Mrs. the mother of Natalie Holloway has even gone to Peru and talked to uh, Vandersloot begging him to please uh, share information so that they can have uh, a closing in that Holloway family concerning their uh, 18-year-old daughter. Well, uh, they have... See, Aruba is under uh, the uh, protection. It is uh, like the empire of uh, Great Britain, uh, you have in these islands out there, some of them that are American, some of them that are uh, British, and in this case, Aruba, it, uh, it is the Netherlands. It is a Dutch protectorate. So uh, they have taken the jawbone uh, with uh, the tooth that uh, goes with it, and they have sent it to uh, The Hague, 
uh, in the Netherlands uh, to be DNA tested. And they are saying that uh, tomorrow, uh, by the time of this program, uh, they should have determined whether, uh, by DNA, uh, whether it is uh, Natalie Holloway, horse five and a half years of exposure to a hot uh, tropical sun, and uh, who knows, uh, the elements. Uh, this was uh, not found in the ocean, uh, but uh, nevertheless, there's some fairly abrasive negative elements. So we don't know what the uh, DNA, but we do know that you can do a lot more with DNA than we ever used to do uh, in the forensics uh, area. And so by tomorrow, if it is the body of uh, Natalie Holloway, uh, then I'm sure that they will uh, reopen that murder case since murder is one crime that there is no statute of limitations. You know, another crime just came to mind, continuing fraud. wonder if that includes the IRS. Continuing fraud has no statute of limitations. Now, when you talk about uh, a government, in the news uh, today, it is being said that a stampede of people kill 309 Cambodians. This is in Phnom Penh, which is the capital of uh, Cambodia. And uh, the biggest uh, holiday uh, celebration uh, is the uh, water festival. And it is beautiful. Uh, what they do, uh, for example, is they will have these little paper uh, boats, and they will uh, have a little uh, candle that is lit, and they launch these little paper boat, uh, boats. There's a river uh, that runs through Phnom Penh. And the government thought that there were too many uh, of its uh, citizens on uh, the bridge that spans uh, the river, because that's where you get the best view of all of these little paper boats uh, going by the current uh, down the river. And so the government turns water cannons on. Now the bridge is electrified, and water and electricity don't go well. So uh, most of these people were electrocuted. It's like uh, you know, old Sparky. It's 339 of these people were killed. And uh, nobody has really mentioned the fact that, well, the government of Cambodia caused the death of 339 of its uh, citizens by turning water cannons on uh, to a steel bridge that uh, you know has uh, electrical uh, lights, outlets, power lines, and all of these things. Not good. And also, uh, you know, the uh, great state of Nevada was chosen 
uh, to be the uh, kind of the, the repository, uh, deposit, what would you call it when you use something behind you in the smallest room of your house? Well, that's what they wanted to use Nevada for uh, in caching uh, up here in this uh, big mountain. I mean, the, the range, uh, which is north of Las Vegas, uh, is, will make you glow in the dark if you get out there. That's where the Eisenhower administration conducted its sedan series. People uh, on the Strip used to come out at Las Vegas and watch uh, the mushrooms and the big uh, lights and all the glowing uh, because a lot of these, uh, the, the sedan series was the underground series of tests. Well, they have uh, put in uh, billions of dollars into digging a big hole. They've already got plenty of big holes out there. But they want to store nuclear waste from all over the world. It started out just being uh, the United States. We've got to have some place to put this stuff because you don't take something that is radioactive and just uh, dump it in a landfill or put it in the ocean or in one of our uh, many major rivers because the half-life is like 10,000 years. And it's been 2,000 years since Christ was upon the earth and I'm not sure it uh, it'll that's the half life, which means that you have half the radiation that has eroded uh, over that period of time. So uh, they, uh, of course, Nevada has said no. Uh, people uh, like where I live, I mean, you can see. Uh, the mountain range that they want to, just behind that mountain range, where they want to store the world's nuclear waste. So we're not for it. But uh, a lot of people say, well, this is dumb. You know, Nevada is in the hole, just like other states. Uh, we're not as bad off as California, and, and not even uh, probably as bad off as Kentucky. Uh, would you think Kentucky? Yes, per capita, uh, Kentucky is uh, deeper in the hole uh, than is one of the deepest states in the hole. And of course, California exceeds all of them. Anyway, this is, uh, people say, well, you know, if Nevada would uh, take this deal, we could, all that money we're going to get in the federal government, uh, we could uh, be out of the hole. Plus, uh, they will make new rail lines. They'll make new uh, highways, uh, there'd be, uh, you know, improvements made to the airport because you got to fly and drive and by rail. We don't have any water out here uh, other than Lake Mead, but you've got to get this nuclear waste, you know, to uh, where they can put it in uh, the repository. Well, uh, let me give you this statistic. So far this year, there have been 16 cases of federal agents who are have got their hands on the controls of vehicles carrying nuclear waste and weapons that have been found 
and have been cited for being drunk. Now, that doesn't mean that's the number of people uh, who uh, have been drunk, because uh, they could, I suppose, uh, make them, uh, you know, they could put something, a sensor in the cockpit. But this is people who have been arrested uh, for being drunk and having control of uh, vehicles that are loaded with nuclear waste. So it makes you wonder just a little bit. Uh, well, would it? Uh, is it worth it at all? We have so many of these uh, nuclear power plants uh, that uh, right now I'm not sure that the government isn't just continuously moving it around uh, since uh, Nevada uh, hasn't uh, given up. And as far as I know, they're not supposed to be uh, storing it, even though you never really know what they're doing. Reed uh, retains his position as a senior uh, U.S. Uh, senator. And uh, even though you say, well, Bo, he's a Democrat, yes, uh, he is in the House. The Republicans have taken over. But in the Senate, uh, the Democrats still control it. And Reed uh, retains his place as the senior citizen. Uh, Haiti is an interesting place. It's the first, and this is uh, what their history says, the first uh, all-Negro colony to gain uh, its full independence. And uh, they did that way back uh, in the uh, beginning of the 1800s. Great Britain passed a law in like 1807 uh, banning uh, slavery. And the United States uh, passed a law like about in 1808. Well, uh, what happened is that uh, Haiti and uh, Jamaica uh, and even Cuba, uh, they had a, in those days, uh, as I've told you before, uh, there were certain people, like Jewish people, for example, they were not allowed to conduct uh, business commercially uh, in the United States. They could conduct uh, international business. So they set up Newport to launch uh, ships, and uh, they were, and this included kind of three legs, alcohol, rum, and slaves. Well, they couldn't, for example, go to Yale or Harvard. You had to be a Christian. Uh, they couldn't hold public office. You know, he had to take an oath uh, to Christ. And so uh, a lot of these, uh, these places, once that law uh, was passed, now you couldn't have any more slaves. So all of a sudden, uh, it knocked out uh, that leg of the business. Well, they in Haiti, they formed uh, their own government. And uh, they didn't think much of white people there. Uh, there was a great purge, but they found out that, uh, gee whiz, without the help of these Europeans, uh, it wasn't as easy as they thought it would be uh, to have their own country. Now, of course, uh, Haiti is uh, not all by itself. It shares uh, uh, the island with the Dominican Republic. 
But Haiti right now, remember they had a, an earthquake. They've had a big storm. Now they have 1,344 cholera deaths. And, you know, cholera is something that uh, can turn into an epidemic. It has in Haiti. And uh, when you look at Haiti, after the disasters that have occurred, you see that people are still pretty much, even though there has been all kinds of international aid, they're not rebuilding. They are living uh, basically the same way that uh, they were in tent cities and this kind of thing. And you get uh, cholera uh, started, and uh, it, it will be an epidemic if it stays in Haiti. But uh, having sharing a border uh, there with another country, it could be end up with a pandemic. And so it was only uh, 100 just a very short time ago. Now, there's a new book uh, that is out uh, by... A, a one of the uh, of the Secret Service agents. There were two of them that were closest to JFK. One was named Blaine. He has written uh, this book, and the other is named Hill Plant Hill. He was the guy that was on the uh, trunk lid of the of the Lincoln. Uh, you saw Jacqueline reaching back to uh, help. Uh, Clint Hill on. Well, uh, Clint has written a forward, uh, but this guy, Gerald uh, Blaine, has written a book uh, that uh, gives more detail about the JFK assassination. And these two Secret Service agents are uh, sort of speaking out now. Now, one thing that they have spoken about that uh, makes me wonder <laughs> is they've said uh, that irrevocably uh, they are absolutely certain and positive that Lee Harvey Oswald did all of this uh, by himself. And uh, if you read my book, which is called to serve, uh, you will see, and you can uh, look on my website, www bogrites.com, B-O-G-R-I-T-Z.com. Uh, it gives my number, and you can order. We thought we were completely out. People were paying upwards of $60 on eBay uh, to buy it. And then uh, Richard uh, Flowers got out of prison from the IRS. He had 50 cases. of. Uh, so I bought uh, like seven cases, all I could afford. So we have some of the call to serve. But it gives you the JFK story. Now, who was I to write this story? I was teaching assassinations as a young captain in the unconventional warfare department at Fort Bragg, North Carolina. And it uh, was a common uh, knowledge that we had hired uh, Bobby Kennedy, for example, uh, was part of it, and J. Edgar Hoover. Uh, we had used, and uh, the head of the, the CIA, which ended up being the 
chief uh, investigator for the Warren Commission, which investigated the Kennedy murder. Uh, but we had uh, hired Mafia Oso, like Sante Traficante, uh, to have a what was called an RZ rifle team to kill Castro. That team never took a shot at Fidel, but uh, they did kill the president of the United States. And so I give you the names, I give you the positions, I give you uh, all of the background. So it's interesting to hear uh, two of the Secret Service men responsible for protecting the president uh, and his wife, and uh, to hear them say that they're absolutely certain it was uh, alone. And you know that old uh, $12 Italian rifle? <laughs> the scope wasn't even zeroed on that rifle when they recovered it. You couldn't have hit the broadside of a barn. It's not like a Mauser, Fighting a German made. That was one of those old Italian jobs. All right, now, I, tomorrow, I have all, I've done all the research for you. So I'll have all the RBCD information for you and uh, all of the how you get a rifle through the mail. They've got some paratrooper M1A1 carbines. All right, guys, you stay right with American Voice Radio. That's a lot of And uh, I'll do my very best to be with you tomorrow, and I'll give you all this info. All right, God be with you. But only three when the Green Beret trained to live off nature's land trained in combat hand to hand men who fight Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net www.lamarzuli.net These are the Days of Chaos. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere 
with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio Network. I'm your host, M. Roy Ben Shadler, Constitutional Counselor, and still, even with a slight head cold, still an all-around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. Today is Monday, November 23rd, the week of Thanksgiving, yes, uh, where on Friday, millions of Americans will go out and buy things that they were thankful for having the day before. Hmm. Just, just, just interesting, interesting thought there. Anyway, <laughs> like I said, today is Monday, November 23rd, 2015. It is the 3 o'clock hour out here on the left coast. If you're listening some other time zone, obviously you're going to have to adjust your clock accordingly. This is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is, of course, we do give that exception to uh, Media Matters and the Southern Poverty Law Center, as well as those government agents that are paid to listen to this show, because after all, if they were required to think, that would create a hostile work environment, and we will not be responsible for that. Yes, to all the people that have been uh, questioning me, you know, is it cold enough out there for you yet? Yes, it is dang cold out here. Uh, 
No, it's not cold like Alaska or the northern latitudes of Michigan and things like that. But for, you know, the rather mild weather of the Pacific Northwest, this is pretty darn cold out there. Anyway, I digress. If you'd like to call in, the number is real simple, one 800 932-1980, and I sure hope that buzzing noise I'm hearing in my ears isn't going to cross out to you guys. Uh, I don't have no idea what the hell is causing it, but anyway, like I said, 1-800-932-1980. You may also send an instant message directly to me through Yahoo Instant Messenger ID KC7AQK, as is our want. We like to open the show with the wisdom of the ages, otherwise known as the dead white guy, quote, you can avoid reality, but you cannot avoid the consequences of avoiding reality, end quote. Well, once again, I <clears throat> fooled you. It's not a dead white guy, quote. It's a dead white gal quote, Anne Rand, and she absolutely nailed it, my friends, because that is the thing, and it is especially pertinent to today's subject matter that we will be covering in greater detail in the 23 pages of show newsletters, your calls and instant messages and whatever else happens to come across the transom. And we will get to as much of it as we can right after this little disclaimer. Warning, this show may be hazardous to your paradigms if you are a whiny, crying, liberal, pinko, commie bedwetter, an inept, overpaid bureaucrat, or are still mad over Reagan's tax cut. Should you fit into any one of the above categories, immediately have your friends tie you down for some truth therapy. Continue this therapy until you can dismiss your delusions and can deal with reality. If you cannot handle 100% pure, unadulterated truth, this radio show will not be held responsible for your predictable discomfort. <laughs> the mute button, and welcome back to the Constitutional Crusader show. Uh, I got a little discombobulated there, sorry. Remember, my job is very simple. It is to comfort the disturbed and to disturb the comfortable, and I do it the same way you can. And as I've had some uh, <clears throat> interesting discussions this past week, 10 days or so, with various people online, I once again will remind those of you out there who have difficulty with critical thinking skills that it's okay if you disagree with me. After all, I can't force you to be right. And uh, rather than uh, trying to show how I was wrong, I was simply banished from uh, uh, some forum that um, I won't even mention their name because it isn't worth mentioning. But uh, anyway, gang... First up on the hit parade, we got so much stuff, I, I don't have time to, to blather about stuff like that. First up on the hit parade, this, my friends, is how your <clears throat> t 
tax dollars are being spent. Of course, I have to clear my throat when I say <clears throat> tax dollars because those of you who are long-term listeners to this show, you fully understand that uh, 100% of your <clears throat> tax dollars that go to the IRS never make it to Congress which, of course, leads those that are not schooled in critical thinking skills to go, well, then where does Congress get its money? Aha! That is a very good question. And you need to pay attention to this show to find out the answers or look it up yourself. Um, I'll just give you a hint. Go look at the, uh, the commission, the, the, oh, dang, nabbit, I hate, the, the something commission, the... the the Grace Commission report, there we go, the Grace Commission report, uh, sponsored by President Reagan, to find out a little bit more about where Congress gets its money, ha, ha, ha. So, anyway, as I was saying, your, your quote-unquote, tax dollars, this is where it's going here. Planned Parenthood is launching a 2016 campaign, $20 million ad campaign against pro-life candidates. Their message, you're about to be in for a very rude awakening. That's what they say. Remember, this is an organization. As I uh, showed you a few weeks ago, I played a little uh, routine from another radio show about how Planned Parenthood, if it was any other corporation, it would be the most despised corporation on earth. And why? And uh, it only took, what, about two minutes or so to totally expose all that. But they it's a corporation that is <coughs> run from uh, funds from Congress. Yeah. So... Here we go. Dr. Susan Berry reports saying Planned Parenthood is warning all candidates who hope to win elections in 2016 that if they are not supportive of abortion on demand, then they will have to deal with the nation's largest abortion provider and its new $20 million campaign. Quote, we have a clear message for every politician who has threatened access to reproductive health care. Executive Vice President of Planned Parenthood Action Fund Don Longan said in a statement announcing the I Vote Planned Parenthood Action Campaign. She said, you're about to be in for a very rude awakening, end quote. Well, demonstrating the strong alliance between the militant pro-abortion and LGBT agendas, Lugans continues to seek out the support of minority and low-income voters, saying, quote, <clears throat> You cannot embrace policies that dismiss the lives of women, of the LGBTQ community, of people of color, of low-income families, of young people, and expect to be elected by the American people. We've already seen millions across the country rise up against attacks on reproductive health care, and now with the launch of I Vote Planned Parenthood Action, we're getting organized. Make no mistake, the fight for 2016 starts today, end quote. Now, I find that statement very, very interesting, especially when she talks about people of color and low-income families, which are the main targets of Margaret Sanger's Planned Parenthood, to exterminate them and to wipe them from the face of America. That was her plan, and that was what, well, that's what the 
planned and Planned Parenthood comes from. That was her plan. That was her goal, her agenda. And that's why she was invited to and did go and work very closely with the Nazis in her day. Uh, because they had a similar goal. So she liked their goal, and, and they liked her goal, so she worked very closely with them. And that is why Hillary says, I admire her, her, her goals, her vision, etc. I admire all those things and uphold her principles today. This is what Hillary has to say about her. So just, just keep that in mind. Now, where was I? Oh, yes. Uh, I just quoted her, and then I, I ended up skipping something here. There we go. I don't know how the hell that happened. Anyway, still reeling from a series of undercover videos exposing the abortion business's apparent practices of selling body parts of unborn babies in the open market and altering the positions of babies during abortions in order to harvest their intact organs, Planned Parenthood has been on the defensive for the past several months. Various congressional committees have been investigating the organization since the release of the videos, and a new House Select panel has been formed to probe further into Planned Parenthood's practices. The group claims that abortion is, quote, women's health care, end quote. However, is being helped by close Democrat Party allies, some of whom have been appointed by Minority Leader Representative Nancy Pelosi to the special investigative panel. As Breitbart News reported earlier in November, the six Democrats appointed to the panel have received thousands of dollars in total campaign contributions from Planned Parenthood itself. See, here we go. This is the recycling here, my friends. This is the money laundering writ large. Supposedly, our taxpayers go to Congress. Congress gives it to Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood turns around and pours it into the pockets of of wealthy, extremely wealthy politicians so that they can run for election again, you see? That's the continuing cycle. Just be aware of that. So whenever you hear about you know, some politician receiving money from some organization, think, how'd they get that money? Well, they, they voted for the money to go to the organization, and then the organization turned around and gave them the money back. Hmm. Yeah, so anyway, for, so... And as well as abortion groups like Emily's List and NARAL, again, other organizations that receive taxpayer funds, my friends. Hmm, more of the money laundering writ large. In a statement to Breitbart News, Representative Diane Black, Republican Tennessee, a GOP member of the House Select Panel probing Planned Parenthood, said, quote, We should not be surprised that Planned Parenthood would try to stack the deck with politicians who will look the other way when the organization faces legal and ethical turmoil, end quote. In the new video to launch the Planned Parenthood Action Fund's 2016 campaign, President Cecil Richards, and you'll remember Cecil Richards, she was the one who says, yeah, it takes a lot of baby parts to buy a new Lamborghini, which is why she wanted to sell so many baby parts, remember? And of course, uh, later, people said, oh, that was... That was highly edited video, highly edited video. Well, uh, the people that did the video released the entire video unedited. And lo and behold, there's Cecil Richards saying, in context, it takes a lot of baby parts to buy a Lamborghini. 
Gee whiz, wow, it's amazing how that highly edited video said the same thing as the unedited video did. Wow. But anyway, I digress. This is what she had to say, that extremists made the 2016 election about reproductive rights. Enough is enough. With our supporters, we're launching the I Vote Planned Parenthood action. We'll organize and mobilize to elect lawmakers who are in our corner. And politicians who side with these extremists, you are not my candidate. We're paying attention, and we vote, all capital letters, V-O-T-E. Mm-hmm. Well, as CNN reports, you know, the Clinton News Network, uh, or the Commie News Network, either way, uh, reports Planned Parenthood is planning to spend at least $20 million fighting pro-life candidates in 2016. Quote, I have no doubt they will spend big to prop up candidates who support their position position of abortion on demand at any moment in pregnancy funded off the backs of American taxpayers, Black added, saying, we are in the pro-life movement, and more broadly, Americans who understand abortion is simply not health care must be equally prepared to fight back with the truth, end quote. For Kristen Hawkins, president of Students for Life of America, the nation's largest organization of pro-life youth, Planned Parenthood's announcement of the uh, the amount it will spend on its new campaign reeks of hypocrisy. This is what she had to say. So, Planned Parenthood is crying, poor me, don't take my federal money, when they're planning to spend upwards of $20 million this election cycle? And then, and then she goes on saying, that's almost laughable if it weren't true. Why not put that money into the supposed health care facilities and help poor women obtain so-called quality health care? Or why not comply with state laws that demand abortion facilities operate with the same standards as other surgical facilities, or widen their hallways for the inevitable emergency instead of whining about closing their doors, end quote. Very good question. Planned Parenthood's campaign will supposedly include grassroots forums to take place across the country where key volunteers and supporters will come together to discuss a policy agenda and make plans for holding politicians accountable. The states of Nevada, Iowa, New Hampshire, Ohio, Florida, and Wisconsin, alongside communities of color and LGBTQ, don't even ask me to say what all that means, LGBTQ communities are considered to be key target areas for the campaign. In addition, the group plans to an ad buy for key states such as New Hampshire, Nevada, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Ohio. Father Frank Pavone, national director for Priests for Life, tells Breitbart News that while Planned Parenthood kicks off its new campaign, so is his organization. And before we read what his organization has to say, it looks like we have an instant message here that I might have missed a while ago. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. The Nazis patterned their eugenics program after the U.S. program, which has started first that Sanger complied with complain that the Nazis were overtaking because the American people were generally against murdering people because they were simply inconvenient 
a problem the Nazis worked around. Yes, yeah, so that's the, yes. Well, again, that's just one of the ways that Sanger worked very closely with the Nazis. Uh, I'm being reminded of that, but yes, it's one of the ways. But anyway, back to Father Pavone, who had to say, quote, One of the differences between their campaign and ours is that while they rally their troops to elect more politicians who cannot respect the lives of little babies, we will mobilize voters to elect public servants who know the difference between serving the public and killing the public. The other difference between our campaign and that of Planned Parenthood is that we will win and they will lose. Pavone continued saying that the public grilling of Planned Parenthood has not helped their cause, but only revealed their callousness and the callousness of the Democrat members and the three committees in the House of Representatives that have held hearings about Planned Parenthood's practices. While quite capable of mustering outrage against pro-life people and Republicans, these hypocrites could not express one ounce of outrage over the dismemberment of living children or the sale of their body parts. That simply does not play well with voters who, across political lines and even across pro-life, pro-choice lines, have expressed their outrage at what has been exposed. Pavone says that Priests for Life will expose the Democrat members of the congressional committees that are investigating Planned Parenthood, saying, quote, We will expose the attitudes of the Democratic Party itself toward late-term abortion and other atrocities in the abortion industries. We are confident that we will find once again that the last thing these abortion supporters want is to talk about is abortion. And when you can't even talk about what you're trying to defend, it's a clear sign that you're on the losing side, end quote. Harkins says Planned Parenthood should hold off its spending its $20 million war chest, saying Cecil Rich Richard should save that money for her legal defense fund, end quote. Remember, my friends, the first mantra of the abortion group of Planned Parenthood was we want to make abortion safe, legal, and rare. It seems that the only thing they remember of that three-part chant is the legal part, not the safe or the rare part, only the legal part. That's what you need to remember. Okay, with all the stuff that's been happening, the refugees, the attacks in Paris, the counterattacks in Syria, the Boko Haram in, in um, Africa, the, the bombing in, in other Middle Eastern countries, and all this other stuff going on, it's time once again for the ritual blaming of Edward Snowden for terrorism. Mm-hmm. CIA Chief John Brennan, well, you know there's a reason why CIA Chief John Brennan's eyes are brown? It's simple. He's full of crap. And uh, let's get, uh, uh, okay, I'll get started on it here. I won't finish it, but I'll get started here on this half hour. CIA Director John Brennan 
clearly wants Americans and the rest of the world, of course, to believe that because Edward Snowden revealed that the United States was collecting massive amounts of data about its own citizens, the reforms that we have demanded have somehow, in some fashion, contributed to the terrorists' attack in Paris. Okay, i got enough time to read this. From Politico, quote, In the past several years, because of a number of unauthorized disclosures and a lot of hand-wringing over the government's role in the effort to try and uncover these terrorists, there have been some policy and legal and other actions that are taken that make our ability collectively, internationally, to find these terrorists much more challenging. Brennan said, and he went on saying, I do hope that this is going to be a wake-up call, particularly in areas of Europe, where I think there have been a misrepresentation of what the intelligence security services are doing by some quarters that are designed to undercut those capabilities. End quote. Yeah, like I said, you can tell John Brennan is full of crap because his eyes are brown. So when we come back from the upcoming break, I'm going to tear up Part that statement that he just made there that I just read to you. So you need to keep that in your brain, what he said, okay? And uh, like I said, we'll tear it apart piece by piece and show just how much crap the guy is full of, my friends, because he really is. Oh, dang it. How, how did um, H.L. Mencken put it? Series of endless hobgoblins, all designed to fret you up, you know, to, to make you jump and, and wince and cry and whine and moan, etc. Yeah, that's what we're going on here. Oh, my goodness. It's just crazy. <sighs> That's what I'll show you. You stay tuned. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75 centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. 
Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Radio Network. I'm your host, I'm Roy Ben Shadler, constitutional counselor and still all around pain in the rear end to bureaucrats and petty thugs all over. I just got through at the last of the la- end of the last half hour reading a <clears throat> fairly detailed quote from John Brennan here. And if you missed that, well, I'm really sorry because that was the quote from him, uh, CIA Director John Brennan, that is. And now I'm going to tear apart that quote. First off, Two details to point out on his completely predictable response. One, the reforms that reduce the federal government's surveillance authority only apply to Americans within the United States. That's it. There is absolutely nothing in the USA Freedom Act passed earlier this year that would have hampered the CIA or National Security Agency, the NSA, from attempting to track any of these terrorists. And also, it hasn't even been implemented yet. So, there on that. Number two, in July, France decided to expand its government surveillance authority in its own version of a Patriot Act, while 
It doesn't permit bulk metadata collection. It does create a new body to provide secret approvals for surveillance without reoccurring warrants. Then, there's also the argument that terrorists are shifting platforms and using tougher encryption because Snowden revealed where the surveillance was happening. London Mayor Boris Johnson wrote in the wake of the Paris attack that Snowden's whistleblowing has, quote, taught some of the nastiest people how to avoid being caught, end quote. Well, that claim ignores the oft-repeated, but not to be dismissed, realization that the mass metadata collection of the NSA engaged in failed to stop, <clears throat> failed to stop a single terrorist plot. Did you get that? NSA has failed to stop a single terrorist plot. It's not the tools that are the problem, nor is the problem the lack of surveillance authority. Rather, whenever we delve closely to the question, how did they get away with this? What we often find is a failure of these authorities to adequately communicate with each other. The right information didn't get in to the right hands. More on that later, my friends, so keep that firmly in mind. The right information did not get into the right hands. Well, what would be the case here then? The alleged mastermind of the Paris attacks it was not some unknown but rather a guy by the name of Abdelhamid Abouud, whatever, something. An established terrorist at large who has actually already been sentenced to prison in absentia in Belgium for recruiting terrorists. He was even given a glowing profile in the Islamic State's Dabiq magazine, and there's a PDF of that glowing profile that's included in the link for this article here. And he was most assuredly in every foreign intelligence agency's radar. And whatever intelligence failures regarding his plotting cannot be pinned on the ending of mass metadata surveillance of Americans, for heaven's sake. Even the, in the event the mass surveillance argument doesn't work, authorities then turn, of course, to blaming encryption. An official in Belgium says terrorists are coordinating their attacks via conversations on PlayStation 4, which is difficult for them to monitor. There's a push for government officials in the United States, United Kingdom, and elsewhere to try to force communication tools, however they manifest, to have encryption backdoors so that government can access them at any time. This is a terrible idea, entirely because of the massive potential for abuse. A tool a government official can use to force access to data can be used by anybody else who figures it out. Encryption doesn't just decrease individual privacy, it decreases security, opening us all up to greater potential for identity theft and other terrible consequences by bad actors. And I will add to this, my friends, and let's not forget the tens of thousands of Americans that have identity theft problems because of the government itself. As Jacob Solom 
has previously noted some of these bad actors may themselves be government officials. That's exactly what I was just trying to say. He said they don't even need to be officials to snoop and punish people for their opinions. Keep in mind all those cases of identity theft tied back to the DMV employees or IRS workers, and I would add others. But anyway, Glenn Greenwald, a top Snowden defender, obviously given Greenwald's role in reporting Snowden's leak, responded in his fashion about how blaming terrorism on Snowden's and encryption is simply absurd. He said, one key premise here seems to be that prior to the Snowden reporting, the terrorists helpfully and stupidly used telephones and unencrypted emails to plot, so Western governments were able to track their plotting and disrupt at least large-scale attacks. That would come as a massive surprise to the victims of those attacks of 2002 in Bali, 2004 in Madrid, 2005 in London, 2008 in Mumbai, and April 2013 at the Boston Marathon. How did the multiple perpetrators of those well-coordinated attacks, all of which were carried out prior to Snowden's June 2013 revelations, hide their communications from detection? Hmm... He goes on saying, this is a glaring case where the propagandists can't keep their stories straight. The implicit premise of this accusation is that the terrorists didn't know to avoid telephones or how to use effective encryption until Snowden came along and told them. Yet we've been warned for years and years before Snowden that the terrorists are so diabolical and sophisticated that they engage in all sorts of complex techniques to avoid electronic surveillance. By itself, the glorious mythology of how the U.S. tracked Osama bin Laden should make anyone embarrassed to make these claims. After all, the central premise of that storyline is that bin Laden only use trusted couriers to communicate because Al-Qaeda knew for decades to avoid electronic means of communication because the U.S. and others could spy on those communications. Remember all that? Remember Zero Dark Thirty and the harsh but effective interrogation of Ben Laden's official messenger? Mm-hmm. Remember that, my friends? Greenwall figures the Snowden blame to be a whole lot of ass-covering for a lot of Western foreign policy failures. Other reports, as information about the suspects starts to dribble out, well, they show that the possibility of yet even more problems with intelligence sharing between countries. The latest, the very recently, is that Turkey apparently may have tried to warn France about one of the men over the summer, but apparently never heard back from French officials until after the attack on Paris. Why should anybody accept arguments from the likes of Brennan that they must have unfettered access to so much data when we see such poor handling of the information that actually matters? Hmm? Yeah, right. Okay, switching subjects ever so slightly. Uh, well, we're going from talking about one kind of terrorist to another one here. James Woods, 
one of the few very outspoken conservative actors out there, just slices Hillary apart with one incredible tweet after the ISIS Paris attacks. Yep, that conservative Hollywood actor James Wood has been quite outspoken in his opposition to the scandal-plagued former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. Following that coordinated attack in Paris, Woods took to Twitter to take a shot at Clinton, comparing the murderous events in Paris to those that took place in Benghazi, Libya, in 2012. He tweeted, quote, while the horrors swept Paris last night, I thought of Hillary Clinton going home to sleep while Benghazi burned and men died, end quote. Ooh. <laughs> the actor received quite a bit of support and agreement from like-minded individuals commenting on his post, but also some pushback as well. Many commented that Woods was politicizing the tragedy that occurred in Paris, using the heinous terrorist attacks to further his own ideological goals. However, in the words of Hillary Clinton herself, quote, what difference at this point does it make, end quote. <laughs> the progressive left routinely politicizes tragedy to further their own agenda. If you need proof, just see the mass shootings that took place recently here in Oregon, or in Charleston, or the Sandy Hook faux pas red uh, uh, false flag initiative as prime examples. Furthermore, Wood's commentary goes right to the heart of the upcoming presidential election, where the American people must choose who we want to be the one to answer the not-so-hypothetical emergency phone call at 3 a.m. Hillary has already shown with Benghazi that she's not trustworthy enough for the American people to rely upon to effectively deal with a tragedy and respond in a prompt and efficient manner. Hillary Clinton was unable or unwilling to respond properly to the terrorist attack in Benghazi, and she would likewise be unable or unwilling to do what must be done after Paris or a similar style attack within America's homeland. Yeah. Now, I'm sure some of you have heard about the left's latest castigation about, oh, it's not right. Because after B.O. said it, you know, he said, it's not right for us to have a religious test, that it's shameful and it's not American for us to have religious tests for refugees. There's just one small, tiny problem with all of that um, bovine scat. You know what that is? Federal law requires it. Yeah. Andrew McCarthy reports. He says, as I argued in Faithless Execution, the principal constitutional duty of the chief executive, that would be the president to you low-information voters, is to execute the laws faithfully. President B.O., by contrast, sees his principal tax, task excuse me, as imposing his post-American 
progressive preferences, regardless of what the laws mandate. In his latest harangue against Senator Ted Cruz and other Americans opposed to his insistence on continuing to import thousands of Muslim <clears throat> refugees from Syria and other parts of the jihad-ravaged Middle East, Obama proclaimed, quote, when I hear political leaders suggesting that there would be a religious test for which a person who's fleeing from war-torn country is admitted, that's shameful. That's not American. That's not who we are. We don't have religious tests to our compassion. Wah, 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 wah. Okay, I'm adding the wah, wah, wah part. Really? Well, under federal law. The executive branch is expressly required to take religion into account in determining who is granted asylum. Under the provision guarding asylum, Section 1158 of Title VIII of the United States Code, an alien applying for admission must establish that religion, among other things, was or will be at least one central reason for persecuting the applicant. Did you catch that? Moreover, to qualify for asylum in the United States, the applicant must be a refugee, as defined by federal law. That definition, set forth in section 1101, sub A, sub 42, sub A, of title uh, of the United States Code, title 42 of the United States Code, also requires the executive branch to take account of the alien's religion. Here's what it says. The term refugee means A, any person who is outside any country of any such person's nationality and who is unable or unwilling to return to that country because of persecution or a well-founded fear of persecution on account of religion. The law requires a religious test. And the reason for that is obvious. Asylum law is not a reflection of the incumbent president's personal, or rather eccentric, sense of compassion. Asylum is a discretionary national act of compassion that is directed by law, not whim, to address persecution. There is no right to emigrate to the United States. And the fact that one comes from a country or territory ravaged by war does not, by itself, make one an asylum candidate. War, regrettably, is a staple of the human condition. Civil wars are generally about power that often makes them violent and for many tragic but does not necessarily make them wars in which one side is persecuting the other side. In the case of this war, the Islamic State is undeniably persecuting Christians, and in doing so, moreover, as a matter of doctrine. Even those Christians the Islamic State does not kill, it otherwise persecutes as called for by its construction of Sharia. Observe, for example the ongoing rape jihad and sexual slavery that is going on right now. So, to the contrary, the Islamic State 
seeks to rule Muslims, not kill or persecute them. Obama prefers not to dwell on the distinction between the jihadist treatment of Muslims on the one hand and of Christians, Jews, and other religions on the other hand, because he, like much of Washington, inhabits a world in which jihadists are not Islamic and therefore have no common ground with other Muslims, notwithstanding that jihadists emerge whenever and wherever a population of Sharia-adherent Muslims reaches critical morass. But this is sheer fantasy. While there is no question that ISIS will kill and persecute Muslims who it regards as apostates for refusing to adhere to its construction of Islam and its abject idiocy to suggest that Muslims are facing the same ambiguity and intensity of persecution as Christians. And, furthermore, it is downright dishonest to claim that such religious distinctions, uh, you know, to taking such religious distinctions, excuse me, into account is not American, let alone shameful. How can something American law requires be not American? And how can a national expression of compassion expressly aimed at alleviating persecution be shameful? Hmm? Hmm? Well, why, why, my friends, do we have such a national expression of compassion? And why do we base it on that? Well, Here's why, my friends. Virtually all terrorists arrested in the United States over the past 18 months, guess what? They were refugees. And let's not forget that the Boston Bombing Brothers were refugees because they came before this 18-month period here, my friends. Oh, and let's also not forget that Mohammed, the pedophile and mass murderer, he was a refugee in the Jewish city of Medina. Then he killed all the Jews and other non-Muslims. Let's not forget these. Um, oh, Miss D... Uh, a, a very uh, welcome uh, commentator through uh, Yahoo Instant Messenger here, uh, Miss D in Oregon says, sounds like, according to American law, the only ones we can accept are the ones that are Christian since they are the ones, I'm going to assume, being persecuted. And you know what? I agree. I agree. You know, they're the only ones that should be accepted. So that would mandate... A religious test. Duh. It's what the law requires. I'm not doing, don't, 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 don't take that wrong. I just realized that may have sounded wrong. Miss D, I wasn't going duh toward you. I was going duh toward B.O., okay? So please, please, I wasn't, I wasn't going duh toward you. That might have been, um, might have been taken wrong there. Um, oh, oh, following up, uh, Jews and other non-Muslims also. Well, yes, true. But it has to be a religious component there, because it's required by the law, as I just showed. Okay, but back to the other thing. Back to the other thing. Okay, there we go. Minimize, come on, there we go. Back to the other thing. <clears throat> the last 18 months have yielded 68 arrests of men and women tied to terrorist plots here in the United States, almost 
all of the perpetrators are refugees turned terrorists. After being offered a place of sanctuary in the United States, B.O. refuses to call any of the perpetrators a terrorist in spite of the fact that they have dedicated their dastardly deeds to Allah. And we have another instant message here. Let's see what this has to say. Could it be argued that by Obama saying that he has once again violated his oath to faithfully execute the office of the President of the United States? And could it be argued, why isn't the Congress doing it, the, 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 namely the Republican majority? Well, <clears throat> complicity. That's what it is. Complicity. So when the Republicans say, oh, we're going to change things, we're going to clean house, and then we see these things happening when they're in charge and in power, complicity, my friends, that's part of it. The other part, I'm going to give a tiny bit of sympathy here, but it's just a tiny bit of sympathy here, my friends. Remember, impeachment is a political process it's not a criminal process, okay? So that means there has to be political will, okay? So, mm, um, oh, yes, and I'm being reminded, <laughs> Miss, thank you, Miss D. And the other reason that many of the Republicans aren't willing to go through with an impeachment is because guess who that would leave in the White House? Do I need to spell it out for you? Yes! We would go from Obozo to the Bozo Biden. Yeah. See, there was a reason why B.O. chose Biden. Uh, now, as a former licensed life insurance salesman, uh, that's my disclosure and my disclaimer there for you, my friends. As a former life insurance salesman, I can tell you that there are things that are called guarantees. And that is one of the biggest guarantees that you will ever see in your life. I guarantee that no one will impeach him or, or kill him, etc. Why? Because... We go from obozo to the bozo like that. So, again, that's just a tiny, tiny thing, and it's not to excuse the Republicans because they could also simultaneously impeach the, the bozo at the same time for his actions. But... That would really require political will. Okay, okay, back to this here story, this other story about the 68 arrests here. Okay, they were all terrorists, and, and, and of course they dedicated their dastardly deeds to Allah, and Bio undermines the safety of this nation as he refuses to call these acts what they are, acts of terror. He demonstrates his hate for America as he opens the gate to more refugees with ties to radical Islam and allows them to enter, ignoring the will of the people. B.O. is bent on changing the fabric of this nation as he allows more refugees from quote-unquote refugees, from Islamic nations to enter our country. He alters the landscape as well as the safety of the American citizen and um, well, here we go. 
Uh, hmm, uh, okay, let's let's see how many of these we can get through. Here are some of the plots that have been foiled, as well as n- the numerous immigrants that now American citizens who have ties to ISIS, who joined up with ISIS, and even two young teen girls tricked into becoming ISIS brides. This is the America that Obama has created. Now, here it is. We have terrorists in our midst, yet he will not honor the claim of terrorism, Obama, in connection with any of these people. Uh, okay, uh, here we go. Uh, uh, here we go. There have been a handful of plots foiled that have already involved immigrants accused of harboring a sympathy for ISIS. The threat comes from within with American teenagers and Islamic converts. Among those seduced by the group's torrent of chilling online propaganda, they included a U.S. Air Force veteran accused of waging war on the country who once served, and a National Guard soldier who allegedly plotted to gun down his own colleagues. Others are seemingly ordinary American citizens, including a young nurse, a pizza parlor boss, and a schoolgirl's tricked into becoming shrouded ISIS brides. Some have conspired to travel or send friends abroad to link up with fundamentalist fighters, while others have planned for jihad closer to home with Capitol Hill among the targets for a foil bombing raid. The incidents detailed are among dozens of alleged disrupted by police and federal agents since ISIS began to rise from the flames of the Syrian civil war. The earliest arrest was 18 months ago. So, this is how B.O. has changed America. To, into a country that harbors refugee terrorists. Can we ever restore her to her former glory? Huh? Stay tuned. We will be right back. A life of danger to everyone he meets. He says a stranger with every move he makes. Another chance to take. Most people realize their body needs clean water to function properly. Pure is the cleanest water, also known as distilled water. Some frauds pushing fake science and ignorant people repeating their disinformation and half-truths will tell you distilled water leaches minerals from the body. What they fail to tell you is distilled water only attracts and flushes inorganic minerals from your body. These are minerals your body cannot process and can interfere with your proper body functions. Distilled water does flush these inorganic materials from your body and is an effective and natural way to cleanse your body. ABR sells a distiller that distills one gallon every three and a half hours. Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com, click on the Superstore, go to the distiller, check the pricing and how to order, and watch the video explaining in detail why distilled water is pure water. Studies have shown that the farm soil we get our vegetables from is dead, meaning it is depleted of minerals. Sulfur is a mineral. Sulfur has been depleted from the soil, which means most people have been depleted of sulfur. Sulfur has been found to transport oxygen throughout the body. You need oxygen. You need organic sulfur. American Voice Radio Network has organic sulfur. 
Go to AmericanVoiceRadio.com and then to the Superstore to order your organic sulfur. It's your choice. Do you want to feel better or not? Don't forget to tune in to the Sulfur Hour Plus One on AmericanVoiceRadio.com, Thursdays, 6 p.m. Pacific. Countries have denied Internet access for their people during civil strife. The FCC seized in-use commercial shortwave frequencies right after the September 11th attacks. No one communication system can be depended on to be there when you need information. You need choices. You need a KU band free-to-air satellite system from AVR. The AVR system includes a receiver, an LNB, and a 75-centimeter dish. All you need to get on your own is the coaxial cable. The system is delivered to your door for $149. $49.99. That's right, delivered for $149.99. That's the shipping and the system, $149.99. Call 541-225-4659. That's 541-225-4659. Or visit AmericanVoiceRadio.com and click Satellite System. Warning. If you're here to feel good about government, if you believe that people in office actually care about your well-being, if you believe that statutes and codes are God's gift to man, this show is not for you. If you believe NBC, CNN, Faux News, and the like actually report real news, this show is not for you. This... is the proper place where those beliefs need disposal of. So if you decide to stick around, this show will not be responsible for your mental instability. If you're brave enough to call in, this is your warning. You best bring facts to the discussion. And welcome back to the Constitutional Crusaders show on the American Voice Radio on the American Voice Radio Network. I can speak clearly and distinctly when I really try. Today is still Monday, November 23rd. It's the Thanksgiving week. For those of you that weren't here with the first hour, and I announced that, that remember on Friday, there will be millions of Americans that will go out and, and trample each other to death to buy things that the day before they were thankful for having plenty of. Go figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was asked during the break how my arm is doing. I'll just simply say uh, uh, the same thing I said before. Uh, it's doing better, but with this cold weather out here, it's really making it hurt again. And as I said uh, in response, I jump in the shower and pour the hottest water I can possibly stand over my shoulder and, and arm. All of a sudden, it stops hurting, and I can move it around without it hurting. But after I get out and it cools off, well, it's just right back to the same place and um, trying to figure out a way to get around that. I am having next week, just um, just to keep you apprised, 
Uh, next week, I am going to be going to see a pain management specialist. Now, pain management specialist, for those of you who may not understand what this is, it's, it's an uh, orthopedic surgeon who understands what I've been through, the trauma I've been through, because, well, he's done it himself. That is the repair of, of such trauma himself, and therefore is specializing in how to manage and control the pain that's involved and get the joints moving again. So um, uh, I'm looking forward to that. A dope dealer. Well, if you call lidocaine dope, I guess so, because it's one of the things that, uh, that they use. And I've actually used a lidocaine patch once and found it very effective. Uh, uh, anyway, yes, yeah, so I'll be on the patch, maybe. We'll see. Har, har, har. Okay. As I said, today is Monday, uh, November 23rd, 2015. It is the 4 o'clock hour here on the left coast. This is a live call-in show. Calling in is not necessary. Thinking, however, is if you'd like to call in, the number is 1-800-932-1980. Yahoo Instant Messenger ID that comes directly to your host, KC7AQK. And we've had a few instant messages along that line. Now... If you're just joining us here in this half hour, uh, I just finished up a very interesting article on how virtually all terrorists arrested in the United States over the past 18 months were quote-unquote refugees, okay? Now, I bring that up because it's very, very important, my friends. And why is it important? Well... It's important simply for this reason. The, T the TSA has made an announcement that it has found 73 workers on U.S. soil that, oops, we hired them, and they're on the terrorist watch list. Oops. <laughs> I got one question. Just one simple question. Can we get rid of this agency now? Can we? Hmm? Can we? Uh, oh, also, I want to make note here. Sorry about that. Uh, I also want to make note that the headline of this article is, is just a bit misleading. Let's find out why. A recent U.S. Transportation Security Administration report, that's TSA, found that 73 aviation workers employed by airlines and vendors had alleged links to terrorism. Now, ah, sorry, I keep bumping the microphone. I apologize for that. Um, anyway, where was I? Oh, yes. Now, these 73 aviation workers, while they were hired by uh, airlines and vendors, etc., had to be screened by TSA. But it's not a TSA investigation that uncovered this. The report published by the Department of Homeland Security Office of the Inspector General blamed, <clears throat> are you ready for this, bureaucratic mistakes, All, and saying though the TSA says it frequently cross-checks applicants and both employee lists with the DHS's Consolidated Terrorist Watch List, well, it turns out that both of those things are incomplete. 
the TSA's employee list, which consists of thousands of records, quote, contain potentially incomplete or inaccurate data, such as an initial for first name and missing social security numbers, end quote. This is what the report found. The DHS consolidated um, the terrorist watch list, also incomplete, and called it incomplete because, quote, TSA is not authorized to receive all terrorism-related categories under current interagency watch listing policy. Well, then, what the blankety-blank are we doing with them then? What, what good are they, my friends, except for groping up people and, and terrorizing children? Huh? You know, what, hello? So, anyway, it's unclear what, if anything, will happen as a result of this, this discovery. I suspect that it will be a major thumb-changing. Now, for those of you who may not be familiar with the term thumb-changer, let me enlighten you. A thumb changer, you, I'm sure you have encountered at least one thumb changer in your life. A thumb changer is someone like you're going down the freeway and you see this person who is obviously oblivious to the world surrounding them despite the fact that they're behind the wheel, okay, and I'm being asked a question, what's the point of Homeland Security? Weren't they supposed to streamline, quote-unquote, the communication among agencies? Exactly. That's the whole point here. So, it's like I said, so the, the question is, is unclear if anything's going to happen? Well, I, like I said, I, I predict that if anything happens, it will just simply be a thumb-changing operation. And as I was explaining... A thumb changer, you see them, the person going down the freeway, and despite the fact that they're behind the wheel, they are completely oblivious to the world around them with one thumb in their mouth and the other up their exit point, the other end of the alimentary canal, if you will. And when something happens that they absolutely, positively must do something about, you know, like a kid runs out in front of them, or a car overturns in front of them, you know, something along that lines, they change thumbs. Well, that's what, if anything, will happen. Just a thumb-changing operation. Yeah. Yeah. You know, my friends, there are very serious, unbigoted reasons to be wary of a flood of Syrian refugees, quote-unquote refugees. Why do I say that? Well, among politicians and their clingers-on, journalists and such, nothing takes hold like a bad historical analogy. So, as politicians, namely the 30-plus governors, chief among them, call for a halt of our Syrian refugee resettlement program on the grounds that it might be exploited as a conduit for terrorists, pundits are invoking the plight of Jewish refugees fleeing Adolf Hitler's Germany in an effort to soften American hearts. Well, the Washington Post's Dana Milbank wrote, quote, This growing cry to turn away people 
fleeing from their lives, for their lives, brings to mind the SS St. Louis, the ship of Jewish refugees turned away from Florida in 1939, end quote. Well, while his colleague of Dana Milbank, Ishan Tharhu, contended, quote, Today's three-year-old Syrian orphan, it seems, is 1939's Jewish child, end quote. And then, of course, there's the daily cost, that effervescent bastion of socialist propaganda that screams, replace Syrian with Jews, and we're back to 1939. Are you noticing a pattern here, my friends? It's the typical echo chamber. One person says it, then all of a sudden, everyone else is bouncing it around as if they were being original. Well, <laughs> your host sees right through it. See, this is a prima facie nonsense, which we should, it should be obvious. I mean, uh, extremely obvious from the terms being compared. Jews as an ethnic group with Syrians a national one. See, an honest apples-to-apples -apples comparison would line up German Jews and Syrian Muslims, the relevant ethnic groups within the relevant eth political entity. But do this, and the failure of the analogy becomes crystal clear. The first and most obvious difference, there was no international conspiracy of German Jews in the 1930s attempting to carry out daily attacks on civilians on several continents. No self-identifying Jews in the early, tw early 20th century were randomly massacring European citizens in magazine offices and concert halls. And there was no Jewish state establishing sovereignty over tens of thousands of square miles of territory and publicly slaughtering anyone who opposed its advance. Among Syrian Muslims, there is. The vast majority of Syrian Muslims are not party to these strains of radicalisms and violence, but it would be dangerous to suggest that they do not exist, or that our refugee resettlement program need not take account of them. Now, on a related note, the sympathies of Syrian Muslims are more diverse than those of Nazi-era German Jews. A recent Arab Opinion Index poll of 900 Syrian refugees found that one in eight hold to, quote, some extent, end quote, a positive view of the Islamic State. Another 4% that they did not know or refused to answer. A non-trivial minority of refugees who support a murderous metastatic caliphate is a reason for serious concern. No 13% of Jews look favorably upon the Nazi party by comparison. Third, European Jews in the early 20th century were more amenable to assimilation than are the Syrian Muslims of the early 21st century. 
By the time of the rise of Nazism, Jews had participated in the intellectual and cultural life of Germany for a century and a half. A life that, despite regional particularities, indisputably fell under the broad banner of Western civilization, in which America participated also. Moving from Munich to Miami took some getting used to, but you could hear Beethoven in both. Sirius stands largely outside of that tradition. For 500 years, Syria was part of the Ottoman Empire. When it when it collapsed, Syria fell briefly under French rule, eventually gaining its independence, only to succumb to the dictatorship of the Assads, you know, para-etfils, as it were. The intellectual, cultural, and political traditions of serial, Syria are not in concert with those of the West. And it would be foolish to think that does not matter, especially when combined with the uncertain sympathies noted above. Finally, Jewish refugees. For example, those on the SS St. Louis. Well, they were coming from Germany, or Nazi-controlled Austria and Czechoslovakia, but most Syrian ref refugees seeking entry into the United States have already found refuge elsewhere. Of the 18,000 refugee resettlement referrals that the United States has received from the United Nations High Commission for Refugees, quote, the vast majority, end quote, according to the State Department, are from Jordan, Turkey, Lebanon, and Egypt, and Iraq, parts of which remain sanctuaries from the Islamic State, but that's a tiny minority. It's one thing to rescue Jews from eminent danger. It's another to offer greater safety to those who already have it. But because they are invested in condemning skeptics of this resettlement program as xenophobes and bigots, those are Milbank's words, many have papered over those concrete historical differences, preferring scold America for a failure of compassion 75 years ago, and to warn against a similar failure now. As Refugee Council USA tweeted, quote, Before World War II, Americans didn't want Jewish refugees. We came to regret not letting them in. We can't do the same with Syrians, end quote. Yeah. Now, no regrets is a hashtag. It's not a political proposal. There are serious, bigotry-free reasons to be wary of accepting Syrian refugees en masse, and historical comparisons should aim to illuminate the situation, not obscure it. Uh-huh. Now, related to that, why? Well, you know what's happening in Sweden? Yeah, Sweden right now is in total shock as a Muslim refugee rapes a girl to death, then continues after she died. Yeah, a 34-year-old immigrant from Somalia was arrested for savagely attacking a woman next to the parking garage of a Sheraton hotel in Sweden. The woman died while being raped. Police said the perpetrator continued to rape the woman's corpse well after she died. The Somalian was apprehended by police while still in the act of raping the murdered woman. 
Sweden and Norway are in the middle of massive epidemic of violent rapes. Crime statistics show that rapes in both countries are overwhelmingly perpetrated by Muslim immigrants. In 2013, the figures given in a recent report by the Swedish Public Radio, in the first seven months of 2013, over 1,000 Swedish women reported being raped by Muslim immigrants. Over 300 of those were under the age of 15. The number of rapes is up 16% compared to 2012 numbers. Yeah, that's why. Okay, uh, I better get to this. I meant to get to this last week. I ran out of time. I'm going to get to it this week, or I'm going to try. MIT climate scientist reveals that global warming believers are a cult. Yes. An MIT professor of meteorology is dismissing global warming alarmists as a discredited cult whose members are becoming more hysterical as emerging evidence continues to contradict their beliefs. During an appearance on a radio show, MIT professor emeritus Richard Lindzen, or Lindzen, there we go, discussed the religious nature of the movement. Excuse me. Quote, as with any cult, once the mythology of the cult begins to fall apart, instead of saying, oh, we were wrong, they get more and more fanatical. I think that's what's happening here. Think about it. You've led an unpleasant life. You haven't led to a very virtuous life. But now you're told you get absolution if you watch your carbon footprint. It's salvation! End quote. Lindzen, now 74, has issued calm dismissals of warmest apocalypses, reducing his critics to sputtering rage. Last week, government agencies, including NASA, in, announced that in 2014, that it was the hottest year in recorded history, as the New York Times put in an early edition. Well, last year has since been demoted by the Times to the, quote, hottest since record-keeping began in 1880, end quote. Well, even that is not true. The same agencies have acknowledged that there's only a 38% chance that 2014 was the hottest year on record, and even if it was, it was only by two one-hundredths of a degree. Linzen scoffs at the public sector-generated hysteria, which included one warmest blogger breathlessly writing that the heat record had been shattered. Here's what they said. Quote, 70% of the Earth is oceans. We can't measure those temperatures very well, but they could be off by half a degree, a quarter of a degree, even two-tenths of a degree of change would be tiny, but two one-hundredths is ludicrous. Anyone who starts crowing about those numbers shows that they're putting spin on nothing. End quote. Yeah, that's what Lindzen had to say. Last week, after scoffing at Vermont socialist Bernie Sanders call for a Senate vote on global warming, Lindzen was subject to another barrage of diatribes. At his listed MIT phone number, Professor Lindzen received a typical anonymous call that went like this. 
I think people like you should actually be in jail, the mail caller told him, because you must know where this is all leading now. The people you support and take your money from to make these outrageously anti-human comments also know, in other words, you're a sociopath, end quote. Lindzen chuckled when the voicemail was replayed. The writer asked him if there had been any alleged, or if he has been alleged in some of the warmest blogs, he's taking money from the energy industry. And he says, oh, that would be great. You have all these people, the Gores and so on, making hundreds of millions of dollars on this. Exxon Mobile giving $100 million to Stanford for people who are working on promoting this hysteria. The notion that the fossil fuel industry cares, they don't. As long as they can pass the costs on to you, it's a new profit center, end quote. Lindzen said he was fortunate to have gained tenure just as the, quote, climate change, end quote, movement was beginning. Because now, non-believers are often ostracized in academia. In his career, he has watched the hysteria of the 70s over global cooling. I remember this, my friends. Morph into global warming. Quote, they use climate to push an agenda. But what do you have left when global warming falls apart? Global normalcy? We have to do something about normalcy? As for CO2, Lindzen said that until recently, periods of greater warmth were referred to as climate optimum. Optimum is derived from a Latin word meaning best. Quote, nobody ever questioned that those were all the good periods. All of a sudden, you were able to inculcate people with the notion that you have to be afraid of warmth, end quote. The warmest ultimate solution is to reduce the standard of living for most of mankind. That proposition is being resisted most vigorously by nations with developing economies, such as China and India, both of which have refused to sign on any restrictive BO-backed climate treaties. Lindzen understands their reluctance. He says, quote, anything you do to impoverish people, and certainly all the planned policies will impoverish people, is actually costing lives. But the environmental movement has never cared about that. End quote. There you go, my friends. More evidence why the, the global or climate change, whatever they want to call themselves this week, no matter what they want to call themselves, it's nothing more than a cult. And here it's been exposed. Okay, let's see how many links of interest we can get through before the music starts playing. We got 14 of them. Let's see, we'll start at the top. Number 14. Ahem. Hot off the press, just this morning, Ahmed the Clock Kid is back in the news. His family is demanding $10 million from the city. Uh-huh. Or else. 
or else. Uh, yeah, it's a 10-page letter from their attorneys who admits that he doesn't know the very laws that he's using to compose this lawsuit. You need to read it and keep that in mind as you read it. That It just becomes absolutely hysterically funny. Number 13, the irony. The irony. I'll tell you about the irony on the other side of the break. You're listening to the Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Don't you go anywhere. We'll be right back. have increased over 40%. Energy prices have increased over 20%. Wheat and gas prices have increased over 70%. What's going to be next? Do you see these trends reversing or even stabilizing? All fiat currencies have always failed and collapsed their economies on their way down. The Roman Empire, China, France, Argentina, Finland, Mexico, Russia, Zimbabwe all tried fiat currency and all collapsed into chaos. Meanwhile, the dollar has lost over 97% of its gold value since 1971, when an ounce of gold was valued at $35. If your assets are in paper, you are in danger. Protect your assets with gold and silver. Visit Discount Gold and Silver Trading at DGSCoins.com. That's DGSCoins.com or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 800-375-4188. Protect yourself and your family. Ancient prophetic texts warn us that in the last days there will be wars and rumors of war, famines, pestilence, earthquakes in many places, and troublesome times, men fainting from fear from what is coming upon the earth. Even though these words were penned almost 2,000 years ago, we can readily see that this dire warning is applicable in the days in which we are living in now. Days of Chaos, a new book by L.A. Marzulli, exposes what is happening in the Middle East, the Fukushima disaster, the mysterious animal and fish die-off, the rise of the 8.0 and greater earthquake, the coming one world government, the collapse of the U.S. dollar, UFO activity, and so much more. Days of Chaos has the information you need in these troublesome times. Don't be afraid of these events. Come to an understanding of why they are happening as they were prophesied long ago. These are the Days of Chaos. Go to www.lamarzuli.net www.lamarzuli.net These are the Days of Chaos. Since the beginning of the United States, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it. It has been traded, borrowed, purchased, and stolen. There is a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom, on American Voice Radio Network and Shortwave Radio. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. 
For the very best in gold and silver trading, call toll-free 1-800-375-4188. That's 1-800-375-4188. Call now. Constitutional Crusader Show on the American Voice Radio Network. Just uh, right now, just something just came across my news feed here, which I will uh, go in depth with you uh, next week. Uh, so, yes, yeah, something to think about next week uh, about how um, tensions are rising now over the first major Muslim city in America. Yes. Oh. Yeah, you didn't know that we now have a Muslim city in America? Yeah, this is, I'll tell you about it next week. So you have something to look forward to, my friends. Uh, it just, just came across my transom just a few seconds ago here. Okay, links of interest. We're on number 13, the irony. Oh, it burns, my friends. Did you see 60 Minutes last night? D.C. police chief, best option for citizens to take in a Paris-style attack? Defend yourself and shoot the terrorists. The irony, it burns. D.C., one of the most restrictive gun ownership cities in the United States. Oh, what the irony. Wow. Number 12, student activists at Smith College are barring journalists from covering their activities unless, said journalists, first pledge their loyalty to said activist cause. In other words, the journalists are stopped to be journalists and be activists themselves. Yeah. Hmm. Or they won't let them cover them. Number 11. Well, um, a Palestinian official has come out saying that murdering Israeli women is their right. And you know what? He's not saying anything new. This has been the 1,400-year-old policy of Islam. So, you know, this is not news here, and that's the way you need to always remember it. Number 10, uh, some Hillary news. More from the flip-flopping carpetbagger Benghazi. She has um, now uh, given, um, uh, you know, she's, she's now excommunicated millions of ISIS Muslims, that they're not Muslims anymore, so therefore they're not terrorists and they're not Islamic. Hmm, that's interesting how she did that. It's, it's, it's great um, mind-boggling there, my friends. Number nine, we have Dr. Carl Hart, who is reporting. Have you ever heard of Adderall? Yeah, if you have, uh, you know just how popular it is. Well, Dr. Carl Hart has come out and said that Adderall is basically just crystal meth. That's all. Yeah. Hmm. Interesting. Number eight. This is interesting. Texas representative introduces a bill to protect governors refusing Syrian refugees. Interesting how the wheel is churning. Number seven. A very long article, a very good read. And remember what I've told you about the no-go zones in France. Well, it's now the enemy within. Mm-hmm. France's fifth column Muslims 
resist assimilation. Yeah. Okay. Snivel mode on. But, 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 they were such peaceful refugees. Yeah. Eight arrested in Istanbul airport amid ISIS fears. Yeah. Number five, another story of how domestic violence is a 50-50 proposition. Husband stabbed in back three times by his wife. Number four, well, gee, at least socialists are consistent here. France moves to strip citizens of civil liberties after the Paris attacks. Two and three, President Bio is struggling to convey anger about the terrorist attacks in Paris, admitting that he wasn't going to be bellicose just to get a good headline. But he did exactly that as he criticized Republicans for suggesting that the United States should stop accepting Syrian refugees. And related, here's how Democrats will attack gun rights if the United States sees a Paris-style attack. And finally, number one, this is the thinking that results from eating unicorn poop for breakfast. Margaret Carlson says, maybe terrorists who sneak into the United States won't attack us because of our acceptance. Yeah, right. Critical thinking segment. It actually is, makes a pretty good dead white guy quote, but critical thinking segment, quote, there's only one way to avoid criticism, do nothing, say nothing, and be nothing, end quote. Aristotle. Okay, it's time for the Roy School of Guerrilla Lawfare. That's LAW for Learn and Win Through Better Education. I got two stories that are very much related to each other and support each other. Let's see how much we can get through them. Number one, this is a, a phenomenally good history lesson for you, my friends, in light of what has been happening lately with the safe zones and such on various college campi. That's Latin plural for campus, my friends, on various college campi, the cultural revolution comes to America's campi. Today's undergraduates probably know little, if anything, about the cataclysmic movement in China known as the Great Proletarian Cultural Revolution. After all, it began in 1966, before all of them, and even a great number of their professors, were born. This massive national crusade, instigated by Chairman Mao Zedong, was intended to create a pure communist man and woman, devoid of the constraints of materialism and personal ambition. It started with the closing of the schools and the re-education of intellectuals and the bourgeoisie and ended up with years of incredible violence taking millions, I would say tens of millions of lives. The actual statistics are still a state secret, but a recent biography of Mao states that at least three million people died violent deaths and post-Mao leaders acknowledge that 100 million people, one-ninth 
of the entire population suffered in one way or another. Now, the author of this article writes that, says that the, he got a personal look at the remnants of the Cultural Revolution in 1979 while on an activist tour of China. The country was still extraordinarily impoverished and primitive. Propagandists throughout thought, thought control, propagandistic, excuse me, thought control was everywhere, broadcast on loudspeakers and splayed out on ambiguous billboards, urging the masses to criticize Lin Bao and Confucius. Lin Bao was a former ally, then competitor of Mao's, who died in a mysterious plane crash, or to smash the gang of four, one of whom was Mao's wife, then in disrepute. Whenever you asked a question of your interpreters, even a bland one, you got rote response. Everyone was too timid to say anything the slightest bit controversial. News speak reigned. It was like living in Orwell's 1984, just five years early. So, he writes and says, if you'll excuse me from the outside, when I heard how our college campi are being take, overtaken with these newfangled trigger warnings and microaggressions, perfect Maoist terminology, for our computerized times. Well, it immediately gave me the heebie-jeebies. Thought control via political correctness has come to America in the very spot it had begun in China, the schools. Recent events at the University of Missouri and Yale, where the author attended graduate school, plus now other institutions, have only increased his apprehension. It's not at the level of the Cultural Revolution, yet. Professors haven't been asked to wear dunce caps, yet. And no one, to his knowledge, has been killed, yet. But the portents are not reassuring. Mob rule, not anything close to democracy, is at play. Well, I would disagree with him highly there, my friends. Democracy is mob rule. Democracy, I would remind him if he was sitting in front of me, is two wolves and a sheep voting on what's for dinner. That's what democracy is. The so-called SJWs, social justice warriors, seem to be functioning as early avatars of the infamous Red Guard, bullying and then threatening violence to anyone whose thoughts run outside what is deemed to be correct. College professors and administrators quiver in their path. In the case of Mizzou, the president resigned before any concrete evidence of racism was made manifest. And it still hasn't been made manifest. At dear old Yale, it's even more bizarre because there were no imputations of racism in the first place. Only that there might have been or might be. Forget Bull Connor and the KKK. Forget inappropriate Halloween costumes. There was 
new danger. It was all about having a safe space so feelings wouldn't be hurt. As if the word could be the world could be perfect and the human species remade for an extraordinary fragile generation of coddled students. Some people ridicule these students as snowflakes, unable to stand up to the slightest discomforting words or images, but it is far worse than that. These so-called snowflakes are the potential shock troops of the aforementioned Red Guard, American style. There's a fine line between the extreme entitlement that demands to be warned before reading Ovid's Metamorphosis, as happened recently at Columbia, and I reported on this show, and a kind of narcissistic rage acting out against any presumed enemy in its path. How do you think the CR actually happened in China? That's cultural revolution. How do you think it actually happened? Yes. The country was significantly poorer than the United States, but the psychological evolution was strikingly similar. So think twice if you don't think that it could at least attempt to happen here. Who would have thought the president of one of our great public universities would lose his job in part because someone said he saw a swastika written in feces on one of the bathroom walls, which now suddenly no one can find. And in today's age where everyone has a cell phone with a camera on it, no one can even produce a picture of it, a photograph, if you will, if it ever existed. Hmm. As they say in Hollywood, the crucible meets animal farm. The Salem Witch Trial meets four legs good, two legs bad. But the professors who teach those anti-fascist masterminds aren't doing anything to defend against it. They've been lobotomized by political correctness, and they attempt to even be as they even attempt to be even-handed, which they can't be, in the way many did with Mao and Stalin and the same results will await them. So, we citizens sit outside our great universities and watch the conflagration? Well, you know what? It's only just begun. Okay? Now, that's the first part. Now, here's the other part. The campus purges are only going to get a lot worse. Right along the same lines here, my, my friends. Universities can't withstand mobs, as countless assaults have proven. The author here, different author, different story, says that he's lived through two. One at Washington University in St. Louis in 1968, and then about a decade later at the University of Rome in the summer of 68, he saw a good deal of the French Revolution, which took over most of Paris a week or so ago, and its headquarters were at Sorbonne. It's in the nature of Campi revolts that the leaders aren't going to be satisfied with limited reforms to the school. They are inspired by inflated rhetoric, and they see themselves 
at the center of a great moment in world history. They have, after all, been told that they are the next big thing, the new elite, those destined to govern, or rule, as the case may be. So they must constantly demonstrate their power versus the hated establishment that the establishment gave them these misguided notions is beside the point. It's part and parcel of the phenomenon, as several professors are being reminded. So, the purge is on, and my guess is that it will get a lot worse before the inevitable reaction sets in. The author says when he was at Rome University, it was routine for fascist professors to be beaten or locked in elevators, or worse. One morning, a law professor who sat on Italy's Supreme Court was gunned down in the middle of the campus. Thereafter, on exam days, the sidewalks were lined with armed police, and rightly so. After all, some of the student activists were real terrorists. They were in the Red Brigades, or the Portere Operaio, or other such organizations. And unlike today's American protesters, the Italian students had real grievances. The University of Rome, where this author taught, had been built for some 20,000 students, but by the mid-70s, there were more than 100,000. There was rarely any real interaction with the faculty. At the beginning of the semester, they would announce the books on which students would all be tested, and all exams were oral, so it was a long process, and there were lectures, but they were, they were optional. The entire grade was based on the exam. He said his radical students saw it all as a trick. A university degree didn't guarantee a decent job, and students from the South had especially tough time. There was no way that someone with a Neapolitan or Sicilian accent was going to become CEO of Fiat or, or, or Olivetti. And there were millions of overeducated unemployed. The author says that he thought they had good reasons to be angry. The violent protests only made things worse, as they, will, as they will eventually hear. The professors quickly realized that giving bad marks was threatening to their health. So everyone got terrific marks. It didn't take long for employers to see what was going on, and that it was impossible to distinguish the good students from the terrorists. Ergo, university students stopped getting good jobs. Yeah, yes, exactly. I got a message here. Hey, this all sounds familiar. Exactly. The other major result was an exodus of serious professors from the universities. Here and there, good private colleges were created or expanded schools like Barconi in Milan or Louis in Rome, and they were and are few and far between. The outcome in the United States was no better. At Washington University, ROTC and the language requirements were eliminated. Hardly a revolutionary triumph. The paucity of results convinced a generation of radicals that the universities had to be taken over from within, which they then went out and did. 
You can see the results in the BO administration, dominated by ideology and very short on real information, among other things. This so-called president has set a record for errors of fact in prepared speeches. And those people who cannot get their facts straight are the products of the revolutionary university. Well, there is surely more to come. After all, students everywhere will want to be part of the insurrection and will be, try to become the new Mizzou. University administrators and directors have no stomach for a fight they already abandoned years ago. And so the violence, both physical and rhetorical, will escalate. And eventually, lives will be lost as in the attack on the laboratory at the University of Wisconsin in the late 60s. And at that point, the pendulum will swing away from revolution and some semblance of order will be imposed. But that still leaves us with the real problem. Generations of ignorant, indoctrinated college grads. Yeah, the new elite. And that's very bad news, and it can't be fixed easily. I suppose the first sign of progress will come when some university starts to hire ideologically diverse professors, demands proper intellectual standards, and respects the First Amendment. Smart parents will notice, and smart students will also. And guess where they will go, my friends? That's where they'll go. Yep, we're seeing it all over, my friends. It has been said that history is doomed to be repeated upon those who fail to remember it. As I've told you about before several times on this show, we're seeing it, the startings of the same things that Pol Pot Pulled in his killing fields and others, as I talked about China, which was specifically talked about here today, are did the same thing. And now we're seeing it coming to this country. Yes, there's a huge difference between this country and Pol Pot's uh, killing fields and the cultural revolution in China. But that can easily be eliminated by a spineless president who decides to issue an executive order and then millions and millions of sheeple then going, well, I guess we better turn them in because after all, if we don't turn them in and our ability to protect ourselves, which is the big difference, yes, I'm talking about the second article of the Bill of Rights, and we turn them in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.